Put on your mental track shoes and run with me. This is the Pow Wow with Myra. Today we have Andrew Million with The Growth Coach. Andy, thanks for being here. Thanks for inviting me over, Myra. I really, really appreciate it. And honestly, like talking to you, it's a big challenge because you make me nervous in a good way, in a good way. Nervous because I like I really look up to you and your, and your leadership style. So I can't wait till we dive a little bit into that. So for now, can you tell us like what you do in your, your career? Like what do you do today? So today I drove all the way over here. <laughs> uh, but no, honestly, thank you for having me over. I mean, I'm humbled that, you know, you consider the the tiny little things that I do important. Um, but really as a business coach and a sales coach, a lot of it is just reminding folks of what they already know how to do. They, maybe they've gotten stuck. Maybe they've just got, I don't know how to undo all this. How did I get in this corner? And it's just overwhelming. And then we sit down and we figure out a way to get out of that. And it's a lot of fun. Uh, every day is different. And who knows what sort of an obstacle you run into. Sometimes it's cash flow. Sometimes it's personnel. A lot of times it's personnel. Even more, it's more personnel. And it's just how are these people communicating? How are they getting along? Are they working on the right things? And we just put a little bit of order to that chaos. I, I love that. I love that because I feel like there's, especially as I've became an adult and I work with other businesses and every business does things a little bit different. And, you know, sometimes we need a leader or we need a somebody that's just focused on, on filling those gaps that we miss every day. I, I say that because I was reading about you and pr preparing to talk Which to you. Which website were you looking? <laughs> the Growth Coach. Okay, okay. The Growth Coach, by the way. And uh, you have, I, I knew you have a, you had a very impressive background, but I was reading through some of the things that you outlined, uh, like your, your work history in, in the corporate world and even like the, the, the focus in customer service um, and I learned you are also certified, so that's really impressive. And I mean, it doesn't really surprise me because <clears throat> um, you 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 not only say it, but as you, as I was reading it, I could see it from working under your command, basically, right? So as you being my leader at some point in my life, I could see everything you were outlining, and um, <clears throat> so I I. I want to just kind of acknowledge that um, and say thank you for being somebody that's inspired me <clears throat> growing up. There, <clears throat> excuse me. And the, the reason I... Don't get It's not that big. <laughs> the, re the reason I say that is because you having like such, uh, like such a, 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 like a lot of, I would say, um, um, like be, being high up in like the corporate world, you had a lot of duties, yet you always managed to have your door open to all of us anytime, basically. And um, you showed compassion every time. So I think that's like really interesting, especially like I said, especially as I've I've worked with other people and other people that maybe consider themselves leaders. And I see that that big difference. Um, so I just kind of want to die. I, hopefully I can ask the questions to see how that mindset developed in you. All right. So 
just saying that, um, I want to I want to start by like your childhood. How do you remember growing up, and like what were what were your, the rules like in your household, and where did you grow up? Yeah, well, I started off as a child, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's fascinating to hear you describe. Literally last Wednesday, uh, another uh, partner with we did an entire lunch and learn on leadership. Mm. And we, we literally threw out every adjective. It's like, I, I don't care about servant this or strategic that. It doesn't matter. It, it's how are you as a person because that's what you're actually trying to, you know, convey out to your staff. You're still trying to get a task done. Well, everybody's motivated differently. The tasks are all different. You have multiple moving wheels. How do you get that done? You just have to look around and find out who are the people you have around you, what motivates mm -hmm. them, and how do you make all that you know, crazy makes sense. But yeah, um, short version, I was born in West Orange, New Jersey. Uh, my parents lived in East Orange, New York. That was simply the nearest hospital. Uh, so we lived in New York till I was four uh, on Long Island, uh, right off of Golder Avenue, believe it or not. Uh, the reason I mentioned that, I ran into someone in a networking group. They grew up literally like two blocks over from where I had. It was like a totally small world. Um, my dad was uh, with IBM at the time, so he took a role out in Colorado. So we moved there when I was four uh, and basically grew up there um, mm. all the way through high school, uh, a couple years of college. Uh, at the same time, my parents had moved down here to Texas. Uh, dad took another job down here. Again, I was in college, so high school buddy, we had an apartment. We did our thing up in Colorado. Mom mentioned that tuition at North Texas was materially lower than what I was paying. So I was like, oh, okay, I'll finance is finance. You can study it anywhere. So moved down here. About a year later, my parents moved back to Colorado. Uh, left me here all by myself. Uh, but no, my cousin lived up in Louisville at the time. So yeah, there, there was still a support network there. Um, mm. Had started dating my wife. So Texas is where I was at. Graduated and well, now I'm in Myra's living room. So that's the short version. Wow. Okay. D did did you grow? Uh, did you grow up playing any sports or playing or, or um, playing any instruments? I have no musical any... ability. No. <laughs> it, you understand what I listen to? So yes. Um, no, I can't play any of it. Um, the upside is both of my boys have played trombone. Um, they get that skill from their mother. I have no musical ability whatsoever. Um, I am definitely a fan of play all the instruments at the same time as loud as you possibly can. That's music. <laughs> um, but I did play baseball, um, skied, you know, all the normal things that you know folks would do. It, it, it was Colorado where you're growing up. You're outdoors all year long. Uh, so absolutely love that. And now you move down here to Texas, and you have to adapt a little bit because it's kind of hot during the summer. Mm-hmm. Okay, you just figure it out. So if if you go going jumping over to your to your uh, teenage years and say in high school, so if you and I were friends in high school, if you and I were buddies, who was Andy Million in high school? First off, those records have been sealed, so I can't talk about that. <laughs> okay, uh, but no, in all transparency, um, I went to an all guys high school. Uh, Regis, so if you were there, that would have been interesting. Oh, okay. Uh, but, um, yes, I had friends. I mean, that was fine. Um, oh. <laughs> I, I, it was a great group of guys. Um, 
we didn't really have, and there was also a small school. So you got to know everybody. Um, you, you got to know what made them tick. You found out what their strengths, where they needed some help. And, and that's really how the school was built was we're all in this together. Go figure it out. So if you had, you know, a buddy who was having trouble in, I, I don't know, algebra. Okay, well, that, math is my thing. So you just, you just help. I mean, it, that's just how it was. And, you know, I, I enjoy working on cars and, you know, found a couple other guys that were very interested in that. Shoot, we had a lot of fun. So uh, let me see if I understand this correctly. Was it a just a general, like just just a boys' school? Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Okay, that's yeah. that's really interesting. Yeah, Regis Jesuit High School. You can still look it up today. Okay, so it sounds like the culture that 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 was around there was more around like like we're all we're all here. We have a common thing. We're all boys, and we're all gonna help each other and learn together at the same time. Yeah, it was it was a private school, so yeah, you were there because you wanted to be there. Okay, uh, it, it and was, so you wanted to be there. Absolutely. Um, okay, I consider myself above average intelligence, and public school was not doing a thing for me. It, it wasn't motivating me. Yes, I was learning, but it was I, I was nowhere near where I needed to be, like challenged wise. Mm. Um, so. Regis was an opportunity and studied my butt off, took the entrance exam, got in, and then away we went. Okay, so you understood this at a, uh, so did you go to a public school before that? Or so up through no? fourth grade, I went to public school. Okay. And then uh, it was parochial school over in Boulder uh, through junior high. And then I had an option to go to, that would have been Centaurus. Golly, I'm trying to do math in my head. That's a lot of zeros I'm having. To, but that was the nearest public school. So I would have had that opportunity. And it just, it, it, it would be similar to most public schools here where it's a huge school. And that, I, I don't think I would have done very well there. I would have gotten through it, but it, it didn't really help develop anything. So did you understand this that you like this was too easy for you? Did you understand that or did who who was the first one to spot it out? Was it you or was it a teacher or your parents? It um, was definitely me taking that step that Okay. I wanted I wanted a little bit more and I knew that public school wasn't going to be my thing. Sorry, I realized suddenly I couldn't turn my head to the left. Um, and then you go through the inventory of, well, is it my neck? Is it broken? Nope, that still works. No, it's a cord. Uh, solved. Uh, but no, I I just wanted more. I, and I'm sure I could have done the honors program and all that, but that's not really what I wanted. Uh, I, I needed more. Who inspired you at the time? Fantastic question. I mean, because you're, what, 14? It's a long time ago. I really don't know. I mean, I think it was just, you know, my dad working his tail off all, you know, all the time and he was a smart person. So how was your relationship with your father at the time since he was, you you just mentioned he was working. Uh, How was, how was your relationship with, with him or how close was it at the time? He was there at every ball game, every practice, all that. He was the one who taught me how to turn a wrench. You know, it's, it was wonderful. I I had no complaints there. I had my moments of, yeah, I wouldn't have done that. And then, yeah, I know. But, <laughs> okay. you know, it, it was wonderful. I mean, no complaints. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it, it sounds like maybe your dad, insp- 
had some something to do there? He inspired you? Yeah, I mean, my dad and I, we've always been really close. I mean, we're, and I'm not making this up, we actually went for an eye exam and they take the picture of the back of your eye. Uh, the doctor actually put his picture and my picture side by side and then asked us to tell which one was which. Couldn't do it. Uh, they were almost identical. Wow. So yeah, there's there's no questioning who my father is. <laughs> um, but even, you know, my grandfather and my mom, I mean, they're all, I, it's all part of the same thing. Mm. You know, I, I tend to observe and I'll pick up on things. It's like, oh, that's interesting. How does, you know, and then you just incorporate it. So you're you're a kid and you start realizing that you have more potential and who do you go to first as a child? In which situation? When you were in 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 public school that you start kind of you start feeling that maybe you could do more and that you're ready for maybe a a, a better bigger challenge for yourself. Who do you go to first? Like I I'm I wonder like as a child, or, you know, and and you're having these thoughts that are very advanced. I mean, it's not like any regular child saying, "Hey, put me in a more challenging environment," right? So who do you go to first if you can remember? Yeah. If not, you know, of course. And that is many many moons back, but I'd also give my parents some credit too that you know you got to pay attention to that little thing. You know, let's see how they're doing. Are they getting their schoolwork done? God, they're knocking it out of the park. I mean, this is not a challenge. You also have to challenge your kid. I mean, because mm. nobody wants a kid that's right down the middle. Nobody's looking for that. You want them to excel, so you have to push them. You have to challenge them. I mean, as people, we're inherently lazy, which probably will be the title of one of my books here soon. Um, so how do you keep pushing folks to continue to drive and do better and mm-hmm you know, frankly, be more. Yeah. So what did you see? It, it sounds like like your support system, your family was what was a huge part, maybe having that safe environment and that 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 just optimistic, you know, working environment. Yeah. Um, OK, so say you OK, so you're you're in in high school and, and you're learning all these things. What was one of the most memorable, uh, let's say, uh, like lessons you learned in, in high school? <laughs> How large is that, your that, audience that helps and you who still might today. actually be listening? Cause... Well, you know, you never know. Uh... So we're going to go with the other story then. Uh, <laughs> um, really, I had a great set of friends. Um, you know, Tim, Sterling, and I, I mean, folks refer to us as three muskets. Where, where you found one, you found the other two. Um, but that wasn't always bad. Um, you know, cause we all had different things that we brought to the table. Um, mm. you know, Sterling's family was very similar to mine in that, you know, everybody was still married. He had brothers, da, da, da. Um, my family was a little bit larger. My mom didn't work. So dad was always at work. Um, Tim's parents were separated. He lived, you know, a couple, and we all lived about 30 miles from each other. Um, and literally school was 35, 40 miles from home. So no matter what, we had to commute every day to get to school. Um, plus it was ran by Jesuit priests, so there was no excuses. I mean, they'd check in and then know if you were lying. So we would always just support each other, and we had different things that we brought to the table. And in high school, you have the commonalities. Yeah, we all like cars, and, you know, we always, you know, yes, we liked girls, but we we had more fun going out to, you know, the the drag strip. 
and that that was just a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and and again, I'll keep all the conversations rated G. But yeah, we got into some trouble. Uh, we may <laughs> have moved some traffic cones around on one of the local interstates, <laughs> diverted traffic, but. Th- they should have had cameras and police officers <laughs> watching. So that isn't our fault. Right. You just showed there's room for improvement there for them. Right. They had a they had a process gap and we <laughs> highlighted it and we may have put traffic into a loop. So once you entered Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Okay, so um when did you know that finance was gonna be the route you were gonna take after high school? I've always been fascinated with mathematics, fascinated with it. Finance is just math with money. Uh, mm. There's there's no difference in the two. The strategies and oh, who cares? Mm. How did you get to the number? Where do you expect the number to go? That's algebra. That that's calculus. That's sine waves and trying to look at patterns that may not even be there. I've I've always just been fascinated with that. Um, even when I graduated high school. I'd taken all the pre, you know, whatever classes or AP classes. I don't know what the term is today. That they're they're expensive. Um, you know, I walked into college and I already had you know two semester, no, two years worth of mathematics taken care of. And even with that, uh, the college that I went to was also attached to the high school. Uh, so there were several of us who graduated from Regis High School, went to Regis University. So the same guys are still in the same classes. So Again, you have this camaraderie. We're we're already at the same knowledge level. So for us to go one more and go, okay, how do we take this from practical? And now we're going to go study theoretical. Oh, okay. And again, I, that's that's where it kind of started. Was oh, that's that's cool. I can do that. And da da da. And then you hit the point of, well, I don't want to be an engineer. I didn't want to teach. Mm. What else could I do? Oh, I'm going to finance. Oh yeah. Every company needs that. Okay, that's what I'll do. I mean, I wish it was deeper than that, but that yeah, was literally no, the that's, decision. That's very impressive because you came up with that, and and it's still. I mean, you're still kind of following what you're at. You're at a different level now, but it just that's kind of where it stemmed mm-hmm. from, and it's still true today. It's problem solving. That's all it really is. Yeah, you, you put a little bit of science to it. Uh, actually, uh, Charlie Bryce, Doctor Bryce, uh, he was first semester. Advanced Calc at Regis. Um, This is the man who would, when he was uh, in the 60s, he was actually helping NASA design satellite docking problems and all this. Um, But he had commented time and again that mathematics was considered the highest form of art. And to a degree, that's true. Um, So I just wanted to be as artistic as I could with money. But legally, legally. (laughs) Okay, that's a very interesting way to way to see it, like the perspective of of combining like fine like numbers, finance, and then how it'll translate out in the real world, mm-hmm. essentially. Um, yeah, anybody can get a spreadsheet to do whatever they want. That's that's really not that hard. Um, how do you execute it? That's mm. when it gets really hard. The how to. Right now, you start getting into the other half of our conversation on leadership. How do you go motivate a thousand people to go generate money that they'll never see? Mm. You know, it's re- really interesting. You mentioned like you talk to people of like the how 
I was uh, I've been listening to Simon Sinek and mm -hmm. he talks about how there's the visionaries and then there's the doers and really like the magic is when you when there's like partnership every big thing that's happened it's it like one person didn't build it alone so there's the visionary and then there's the how-to there's the doers and when those two come together because they have different ways of thinking when they come together that's when like big big things happened so as you mentioned like the how like I see that it's so true because a lot of people uh you know have a vision have an idea have this dream of what they want the future to look like um, in some sense, uh, whether it's like selfish or it's bigger than them. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's the people that, that are very good at figuring out how to do that and put that in terms where then, you know, the, that, well, that's where like the magic is, right? Where it expands and it grows and people like adopt the idea and then they just, and many, maybe many people can work on different things, but they're all working together for the same idea. Uh, and so that how, I think that that has a lot to do with like what you do, it sounds like, because you help people figure out like it. how they have an idea of the hard part is, okay, how are we going to execute that? Um, okay. Wow. That's just really interesting um, that you said that. It, it, it's easier to say than it is to do, mm -hmm. but at the end of the day, you still have to outline the plan. Because mm -hmm. um, there's always the naysayers. There's always the folks. Oh, that's going to be really hard. Yep, but we're all in this together. So you can sit over there and complain about it, or we can just get to it. Um, once folks get to accepting, and everybody accepts it at different rates. Mm. Uh, there, there are I'll call them the party people. Um, where cool, somebody said let's do that. Well, I don't see why not. Let's get and they help rally the rest of the team. Now, folks like myself. I need a minute. I need to ingest it. I need to think through this. I mm. understand you just put the flag at the top of the mountain, and now I have to go figure out in my head, how am I going to do that? I, I don't disagree that that's the wrong path, but, God, that is really way up there. Mm. So I, I just I need a little bit of time to process it. Then once I've figured it out, heck, yeah, I'm, I'm your biggest ally now. I, I will not deviate from that path. That is the correct path. Mm. All these little steps in between are just tasks. And then we have some other folks that, shoot, you know, they're, they're the doers. Uh, and I don't mean that in a condescending way, uh, because if we needed to carry 500 balloons to the top of the mountain, well, if we have 10 people, everybody got to carry 50 balloons. They'll grab their pack of 50, and off we go. Uh, but they also know the best way to get there. Mm. Cool. So that, that's, that's where folks can start to rally. And then we have the folks who have to set that direction. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the you can leader or quote it or whatever you want to call them. Um, the folks that went, that's where it is. Yes. Yes, that's, okay. the, that's the, the, the challenge, yeah. the, the and, mountain. Yeah. And Simon's a great guy for highlighting the level of trust that leaders have to build with their people. Um, the moment that begins to fracture, it's almost stop, rebuild that, then go. Um, because if you continue to ignore that, that, that cancer, that fracture will just continue to grow, mm -hmm. even if it's just one person on the team, because somehow, or f and it may just be a legitimate reason, they don't buy in. So they're, they're trying to let everybody else know that there's a problem coming, good or bad, 
And maybe they're trying to be productive and let everybody know that, uh, guys, in about three weeks, we're going to have that's uh oh. And they're trying to do that, but it can also be perceived as naysaying or you're just being disruptive to the team. But it may be completely honest that you're trying to help. So good leaders will recognize that and surround themselves with smart people, um, which honestly, that's how I've always tried to be is let's go find a really good and diverse group of smart people and put that together. Then all we have to do is decide which task are we going after? Wow. And we go do it. That that sounds that sounds like so simplistic, but so amazing. It makes so much sense. It's hard. It's really hard. Yeah. Um, because it takes time. Mm. You have to really get to know somebody. Um, and this is a challenging thing. You know, customers I work with, I get plopped in and they're looking for an answer. Mm. I mean, there's a contract, time is ticking, they're paying money. It's expensive. Yes. Um, or can be perceived as expensive, um, you know, because my time's valuable too. Um, whereas, these are owners that are probably already in some sort of pain, you know, whether they're not mm. growing the way they want to or they're, they're backs against the wall with cash flow or whatever. It doesn't matter. And they're looking for you to solve it. Well, I can't just come in and go, well, here's your answer. Right. Uh, it may be the right answer. It usually is. But <laughs> I can't just plop that on the table and go, well, go fix it. It, it doesn't work that way. So... Uh reading about you, I found it really impressive again that that when you talk to people you're coaching and, and you're helping, you help them figure out their why or you try to, you know, look for that. So how often when you talk to business leader, business owners, um, how often do you find that they have they can clearly articulate their their why? How often? It hasn't happened yet. Stop. <laughs> the reason I say that it's forced for the trees, right? Yes. You're stuck. You're 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 literally almost in panic mode because you don't know how to continue to grow, or you've had something happen, and you're just stuck. You you don't know how to expand. You don't know how to acquire capital. You don't know how to train your people. So now you've hit that point of oh crap, what do you do? Mm. Being able to describe, you know, and I'm I'm going to pick on a customer unfairly, but if I was to ask them to describe what it is that they do, nope. So if this is the owners that are driving this, you know, what they do, then, you know, how, how, how do they expect for their personnel to work to the best of their ability if they don't know what they're working for? They're just... You know, they're there because they know what to do to collect, to take care of their families. Yeah. And a lot of these folks grew up in whatever company that they're working in today, which is fine. Mm -hmm. you know, if, you, if you grew up being a plumber, awesome, fantastic. We need you. Mm -hmm. If that's all you've ever known, though, when you have to hire your second or third plumber in order to continue to grow your business, how do you convey to them how you're different? Right. What is the service that you provide that's so much different than your competition? Or flip that, it's time to hire that person. Why should I come work for you? What, you pay more? Okay, I can work a little harder and make a little more money on my own. I, I don't, that doesn't translate. You know, so kind of going back to culture, 
why that is so critical to a company. Most companies really don't have a deep culture. They like to talk about, you know, we're family oriented. Da, da, da. Are you? Are you really? Right. And I, I have found that the concept is often more different than the reality versus, you know, one of our exercises, we sit there and we go through what your 30 second commercial is. How do you introduce yourself? It's, it's, you've got 30 seconds. How do you get somebody to go? I need to find a way to get on Myra's calendar. How do I do that? Mm -hmm. That was interesting. Whatever was that you had said, that was interesting. I want to learn more about that. Mm. You got 30 seconds to do that. Mm -hmm. I mean, in this, in this age and even all these blinky lights around us, easily distracted. Right. I forget what the average uh, person's attention span is, you know, and it's gotten worse with social media nowadays. I think I saw a study in 22 that it was roughly three hours per day people spend looking at social media. Well, if you're trying to get someone's business for the first time, that's what you're competing with. How do you do that? You've got to be really honed, really sharp. You've got to really know what your culture and your product is and what you're trying to do. Otherwise, everybody's like, oh, you're a realtor, like every other person on the corner. Next. Right. That's hard. That's right. really hard to do. And, and the product itself doesn't matter. It's the why should I think of you when I need a realtor? Right. Yes. Yeah, Simon says. Um, <laughs> uh, I got the joke. Too. <laughs> it says people don't buy what you have. They what you sell. They buy why you do mm -hmm. it. Um, so I thought that's very. No like and trust. That's why people buy from you. Yeah. They know you. They like you, and they trust you. Definitely. That. I mean, that makes that makes sense. But like you said, uh, it's it's so hard because uh, it's. Like you can start with a blank slate with anyone and, you know, trust is something that just builds with time, kind of like credit. So you mm -hmm. either, you know, either maintain a good credit, you say what you're going to do with the people that you talk to um, and then, you know, uh, trust starts building. But the moment you can do a hundred things, but the moment you do one thing that just proves you dishonest, that it just kind of breaks everything. And so that's that's very interesting because it's uh, it's so true. And then to regain that trust, it's so hard. And I think it, it's kind of similar with either your own family or and then you see that also like out in the in the business world. Um, so how when when you when you're working with someone and you kind of sense that maybe like trust. There's there's an issue with like trust or maybe the the environment maybe it's it's an environment where maybe people aren't inspired to to work and and thrive and and do the best they can while they're there. Um, wh where do you usually start with something like that when you're coaching? Yeah, so I'll, I'll take two steps back and then okay. one to the left and then one backwards. <laughs> yeah, that's correct. Um, so I do want to highlight though. Um, you know, let's say we're working together and it gets sideways. You know, I do want to highlight, though, if you really had a good relationship with this person, we're both people and things break and things get sideways. How you recover from that can actually build the relationship even stronger, oh. you know, and it doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, and, and I'm picking on, you know, somebody does an oil change on the car, which why I would have anyone do an oil change other than me on my car is irrelevant, <laughs> but stick with me. 
let's say they forgot to do something. Maybe they didn't top off the washer fluid. Whatever. It doesn't matter. So you come back and you're all super mad, whatever. So, okay, well, I'll give you four brand new tires. Okay, fine. That's not, that's not the issue. You know, I would like to better understand how you're going to make sure that this won't happen with another customer, much less with myself. Yes, I know you're going to credit something. I got all that. The act of crediting off, that's irrelevant. That's, I want to know how you're going to repair this. Why should I come back? Now that's two-sided because I have to be opened enough to say, I want to accept their resolution or work with them to get to a resolution and then flip that you've got to go deliver it mm. so it can't be oh well we'll get you 50 percent off for the next five years well great that benefits me but it doesn't benefit you because that means you're going to lose money every time i see well that, that's now i'm taking advantage it has to be balanced and equal mm-hmm. uh, and again it takes a level of maturity that if you really want to continue that relationship, you're going to have to work with the person that may have wronged because we're all still people. You know, I still find it interesting that folks want to yell at companies. There's still people working at those companies. It's, it happens. It's okay. Now, it's also okay to ask for someone else within that organization because maybe this person isn't able to fix your problem. Maybe you as the consumer are not describing it well enough. Maybe they're not empowered, which put a pin on that. We're coming back to it. Maybe they're not empowered to actually do anything. And it's so much easier just to get you off the phone. Well, if you'll send an email over to our executive team, then we'll take care of it then. Really? All you told me was, I'm done talking to you. (laughs) Send this over here and they'll get back to you at some point. Okay, well, my problem is right now. And you may not perceive it as a 911, but it's incredibly urgent to me. I took the time to call. So again, going back to all of this relationship stuff, it's the exact same thing with employees. If somebody has an issue or you see a pattern that has changed, um, there's something going on. Um, I always liken it back to a situation many, many moons ago. We had a young lady who just could not make it in at 8 a.m., just could not make her shift at 8 a.m. Okay, well, instead of just walking into the meeting and writing this person up for the first time, you just sit down. You know your shift starts at 8, right? Why can't we get here at 8? I mean, again, there's there's nothing on this table. There's nothing on that table. Just help me understand. Well, then you realize, oh, well, they had to take their kid to daycare. Their mom was taking them. They had to wait. And, you know, they only had one car. Da, da, da. You realize all this other stuff. And you go, oh, oh, this is just silly. I'm not going to write you up for that. Why don't we either, A, change your schedule. Would another 15 minutes work? Could you get here by 8.15 or 8.30? Or what do we need to do to help you reevaluate your morning so that you can make it here by eight if the schedule wasn't adjustable? Um, it's If you've got a good employee, you'll figure it out. And I'm not saying you can be 100% flexible with everybody. There's still boundaries, which, again, takes both parties. But just the act of sitting down with this person trying to figure it out, that meant a lot to them. And mm-hmm. they were they were amazing on the phone. They, they really genuinely tried to take care of their customers. So, of course, we wanted to try and help. And then you're going, I'm about to get really grumpy over 15 minutes. Mm. Is that burning down the universe? No. Let's, let's take a look at what our other options are. That, what you just said, I think, like, that is so crucial, especially, like, nowadays with everybody having to, or, like, a lot of, 
uh, a lot of households, they both have to work. And so then, you know, you mentioned daycare. Sometimes people are living their daily things and you just showed like compassion, like that all those actions lead to compassion. And I think, I think you're right. I think like if there's more compassion, you can kind of take a step back and, and kind of like that, like just t take a breather and say, okay, well, before I come, before I make any, any rash movement or anything based off things I don't know, why don't I get to understand the situation better? So then that brings the question, like, how do you build, how, how do you nurture or, or start building compassion in leaders so that they can maybe be asking, ask questions that can be more productive for them and for the person that's, you know, having some sort of difficulty. Like, how do you think, how do you think as a leader, how do we help people understand or be compassionate about others and not make it so much about them and what they're losing and, you know, their time and them, them, them versus, okay, how can I help this person? And once that problem is fixed, then, you know, the, the machine keeps working like it should. Fantastic question. I'm going to unpack that very, very slowly because this is a very good point. Not everyone is a leader. Mm. And there's nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. um, I've had the opportunity in my career to work with some amazing people. And I've had the opportunity to work with some folks that I will never work with the rest of my natural life. Mm -hmm. If I was suddenly transferred to their team, here's my here's my notice that I won't be in tomorrow. <laughs> but that's that's also not bad because patterns have shown that the person who's been on the team the longest becomes the team lead. Then when there's a supervisor job, they're the next one up to be the supervisor. And, oh, wait, you've been the supervisor the longest, and now you're the department manager. Oh, well, you've been the department manager, now you're the director. <laughs> you may not be ready for all of that. And that's – and I say that very tongue-in-cheek, but it's also so true because employers are lazy. This is the person that knows the job, so they'll be able to supervise the job and da-da-da. They can – that's great on an assembly line, but go watch robots. You know, seriously, don't don't manage people because that won't work. Mm. This is not someone who's really trying to improve the team, much less help their folks. It's it's not going to work. It does at times, but it's more often than not that well, they're the next senior one. They should get the why. Mm. That makes mm. no sense to me, and I I know that's like a big paradigm shift, but. That, that's not the right way to do things uh, because, and this is going to be editorial, put the big brackets, air quotes, whatever you want to call it, that this person probably has developed some bad habits over that many years. Mm. Do I really want to propagate all of those different challenges? All right, so then let's say I've got a manager who's been there the longest. They're looking for a director role. I get hired from the outside to be their director because maybe I've done all of this stuff and ran even bigger blah, blah, blahs. I was the right candidate for the role. Well, now I have a manager who thinks that they know more. Well, mm -hmm. you might know the tasks more, but you don't know the vision and the strategy more than I do. So now I have to realize I have to spend a lot of time getting them on my side. So to your question on leadership and how that culture fits in, 
that's how I would identify that. And I'll call it I've got a pretty good sniffer. You could meet somebody and go, they've got something. I'm going to learn more about them. That's interesting to me. Um, versus the, yeah, they'll be here till Friday. <laughs> I, I mean, it sounds cold, but it, you get the folks that are just fogging a mirror because they want to check, but their heart's not in it. Hey, and that's great. I, I need folks like that. Again, the, the folks that will help carry the balloons up the mountain absolutely need them on the team. But I'm not going to have them as my next leadership crew. And you're always looking for your replacement. Mm. Um, that sounds crazy, but if you're not training your replacement, you're unreplaceable. Because to the organization, you're the only one that can do this job. Hmm. Uh-oh. I can't get promoted. That's a problem. Yes. So you end up where really good leaders end up being cornered over in a spot where they're ready for something more, but they never trained their replacement. So for the organization, that's a gap. Well, if Andy left or you know took another role, we're going to have this learning curve gap. Well, if I'm really doing my job, I've already got three or four people lined up that are ready to take that next step. Wow, I just got the chills because I think that is so true. I think it was so just true. the air conditioning came on. Don't worry about it. <laughs> that is so. That makes so You've much seen sense. It time and again, too. Yes, yes, and you know, as you as you say that, you know, especially thinking and well, really thinking about it in any really life scenario, even as a parent, you know, um, once I read like you don't you don't find leaders or you don't make leaders, you find leaders. Mm -hmm. Um, as we're sitting this, I guess I, this is coming to my head and it, it makes sense because if somebody's in the, in the wrong role, doesn't mean that they're not good at anything. It just means that maybe that's not their why, like that's not what they're passionate about. But if they were to go to a different department that it's more, that fits more to their personal why, then they're more likely to exceed. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, finding, I guess, um, you know, and, and I, and I focus this on, on, on the, on leaders and, and leadership because, uh, I feel like nowadays thinking or making a choice, making a choice has become a lot more challenging for, for people, even me as a realtor, when I work with adults. Well, again, let's put big air quotes around adults looking for houses. Well, I mean yeah. like any, any, well, in any range, really, I, I'm really surprised mm -hmm. by how different people, different walks, different ages, it's like they can't make a choice. And and I found that really interesting. And it's like, okay, maybe we just also, we are so saturated with information. You mentioned earlier, you know, social media, um, you know, being a, being a thing or distractor, um, well, I'm saying that now, but it is right. So I wonder if that has anything to do with, with, with the ability to make choices and you know what I mean? To make choices because they like thinking things through. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's really interesting. I want to take it back to, to when you were in, in high school, because how, how readily available was the internet back then? Really? Yes. Really? <laughs> yes. So, Myra, um, Al Gore hadn't 
completely invented the internet yet when I was in high school. Um, in fact, computers are brand new. We just had to take two stones and kind of chat them together to see what... <laughs> oh, sparklies. Oh, that's television. Um, no, honestly, um, I was blessed to go to the school that I was at, but the internet wasn't really a thing. Um, we had just started getting into some computer sciences and things like that. The, we did have a computer lab. The computers were networked together, and you could do some stuff, um, but it was you had to research paper, you're going to the library. Um, you had to go read several books when you're looking for that one-sentence quote. Um, so good, bad. Um, do I think AI and all this is a problem? Uh, it depends on how you use it. Um, you know, if you're going to use it to write all your doctorate papers, okay, really, that you're not any smarter. There is that element that still has to be done uh, by a person. But the distractions were all still there. They just weren't, I need to learn about penguins. And then you tap on your phone. Now I know everything about penguins. That required a little bit more work. But you still had to have a bit of give a darn to go and want to do something. The, the reason I ask is because earlier you mentioned really? habits. Was the internet invented? Really? No, I said, really? was it a thing? Was it readily available? You know, like, was was that something you had at home to, you know, to do things? I was curious. I didn't want to assume. And the reason I ask is because earlier you mentioned about, like, habits, you know? Yeah. And so when 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 you're in, when, well, in, in your era when you were in high school. Era? Now it's an era? Oh, <laughs> Well, <laughs> yep. Now the other feeling is hurt. <laughs> so you didn't you you. <laughs> You're good. <laughs> you know you 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 had to you had to have certain habits to to accomplish. You know, the, even like the environment you were in. Like you you mentioned you. You studied this. It was not easy, uh, I'm sure, because it's above average. Um, and so what kind of habits did you develop that kind of propelled you forward or helped you get through school and then um, and so forth? You're absolutely going to love my new priority management book I'm working on. Uh, but honestly, you got to figure out your routine. Um, I had it in my mm. head that if I wanted to go out and – play, i.e. work on the car, and I'm picking on high school. If I wanted to go do that afterwards, uh, after school, I need to get all my studies done. Wow. That's just how it had to be. Plus, it was also college prep school, so if you wanted to continue to stay at the school, you had to continue to get good grades. That's how it was. Um, so there was just a group of us that that's what we just did. I mean, at lunchtime, if we had homework or something that we needed to do, even for the next day, we would just do it then. It was easier to do it as a group versus try to figure it out on your own. Because believe it or not, even though telephones had already been invented, <laughs> we didn't necessarily have one in every room of the house. They actually used to have cords on them. And it wasn't until high school when we got our first cordless phone with a battery life of about 10 seconds long. So again, it was easier for us to do it together at school mm. while we were all there or even stick around afterwards. Um, it, again, you, you're hanging around at Jesuit high school. I mean, you're not going to get it. Well, yeah, you could get into trouble. <laughs> My point being that 
it was a safe environment. Mm-hmm. They they made sure that the, either the professors or the priests they were available if we needed help or if we were trying to study it and just weren't getting it. Um, that's just how it worked for us. Um, so I guess the the moral to the story is you got to figure it out. Um, if you're waiting for somebody else to be able to drive your life, they'll drive it, but you're not going to like it. Mm-hmm. So, frankly, put on yeah. your grown-up pants and go on it. I mean, so build a routine where god like that's that's to me like that's really impressive it's Uh, not rocket surgery i mean we all do it we all know we have to get up we have to brush our teeth we have to get a shower this is just i know i need to do this and this and this and then you're right oh wait there's that funny cat video well i'm gonna go give up something else i should be doing to go watch this neither one is right Mm -hmm. You have to figure that out. Neither one is right. I like that. You have to figure it out. Or I guess I could put the positive spin. Neither one is wrong. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, so you um, you mentioned right after that you okay you go to college, then your parents moved to Texas. Yes. And and I moved down here one year for one year, and then they left me. All along. <laughs> so you move you move down here, and how quickly do you adapt here to Texas in comparison? I don't know if I have. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I still, so high school buddies and all that, we still keep up. And um, I am referred to as the Texan who actually can still ski. So um, I do enjoy cold weather. I, mm. I really do. Um, when it's August here and it's a, thousand degrees i am not happy so do you ever really adapt mm. no um but you just again you, you put on your adult hat and go you know what the kids have a soccer game let's go i know it's going to be hot i know it's going to be okay it's two and a half hours it'll be fine and i can go home and i'll be in my happy place so you know again we we have a place in the mountains where i can go and Go skiing, go mountain biking, do all that. My parents still live up in Denver, you know, high school buddies, even have a couple high school buddies down here in Dallas now. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> I see all what you're a- doing. All according to plan. <laughs> I mean, you just, you find a good support group and just breathe. Yes. Did you know, did you know um, you were like your, what you wanted to do at the time? Like, did you know the career path? that you wanted to take? I mean, I know you chose finance. Did you, like, see a future past, like, your graduation date or where you wanted to go So or I any actually, goals? I actually had lucked out um, when I was um, – are we allowed to mention company names? Yeah, Because I yeah. didn't sign a disclaimer. Okay, yeah. You, you're, you can say whatever you want here. That's terrifying. It's true. <laughs> Because I'm going to be hearing it for the first time, too. Anyways, um, when I was at Brinks, um, again, surrounded by really, really good, smart, awesome people. Um, when I was going to college, very supportive. You know, if I had a class, you know, I tried to take them either in the evenings or, or weekends as possible. But sometimes there's only one class, and it's at 11 o'clock, and you have to take it. So I was given the ability to be able to go do that. Um, now I'd have to make up my time and all that, but again, flexibility and all that. So somebody saw something in me to go, uh, maybe, maybe he's got, eh, all right, his last name's cool and that'll be fine. <laughs> um, 
So, and at that time, I was also working on a couple different projects. Uh, this was in the accounting and finance world. Um, and as I got closer to graduation, and again, the culture there was one of the best I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, definitely, when we hear the term, you know, family oriented culture, no, this was um, to the point where the CEO would know your dog you know, really took the time to walk the floor, get to know the people, uh, and vice versa. You know, we got to know them as well. Um, so as I was getting closer to graduation, I wandered up to our CFO's office and quick tap on the door and went, hey, I don't know how to ask this question, but in about two months, I'm going to have the fancy piece of paper. Can I, can I come sit up here now? And Ed, he was already paying attention and he already knew, and he was like, yeah, we, we know, we know. So mm. we got it. So again, it was also, there was trust there, but I needed to confirm it as well. You know, I, I didn't expect to get my piece of paper and everybody walked down and now I'm being, you know, paraded upstairs. That that's not right either. Um, now flip side being, I had a lot to bring to the table. Yes. I was fresh out of college. So I thought I was smart, but I also had several years worth of you know, finance type stuff uh, in the accounts receivable world, how accounts flowed and signaling and all that stuff. So I, I already understood all that stuff. Um, now I just got to do it bigger. And how uh, how I was able to connect enough dots either through spreadsheets or talking with folks so that you can actually begin to model that out. Now you're getting into true finance stuff and cash flow and profitability and working with departments. Um, that's kind of where it started. Um, did I set off when I graduated going, I'm going to have that job and that's what I'm going to do? Um, no, because I'm supposed to be in Hawaii driving a red sports car with my friend who flies a helicopter <laughs> starling crimes. Um, it, you never know. And yeah. even with that experience, got to learn from some really smart people. So uh, literally right out of college, I'm working with treasury services and I'm working with marketing operations. I'm literally working with the SVs, you know, in the C-suite and they're teaching you and they're showing you, here's how, here's another piece you don't know about yet. Here's how it works. Now you got to, you got to go figure out how to connect that. Okay. And then you kind of scurry back to your desk and you, I got to figure this out, you know, and then. My first task there was to come up with the the template for the individual branch budgets. So there were 125 plus branches. Each one had three lines of business in it. Plus we had a dealer network. I mean, there were a lot of moving parts. And the edict was we also wanted to do cash flow and operations and sales on the same spreadsheet. Well, I understood one of those words. I had no idea how to go do that. Mm. So in order for us to go on our vacation, I had to go figure it out before I could go. So there's my motivation. Mm. Ah, take my wife to Mexico so we can have fun. Oh, actually, that was Jamaica, that one. That one was Jamaica. Um, Yaman. Um, I had to go figure out the, the budgets before I could go. So highly motivated, figured it out. And that was actually what became the template for the bottom-up approach to the budget. Wow. Now, flip that the year later, because I guess they didn't think that was challenging enough. Hey, go do the opposite. Go build the corporate plan. Uh, okay. Wow. So went the other way with it. Uh, the art became, how do you make those two talk? Mm -hmm. 
um, because there's all of that stuff. Well, all of that stuff together translates over into the customer side. So you acquired it. There's money, cost center, da da da. Now how do I go run it? Oh, okay. Spent the next two years figuring that stuff up. You know, understanding how departments were. How did HR impact this and IT? How did all that connect? Um, and then I still haven't figured that out, by the way. Uh, but I at least understood the levers in their budgets and their, how, how do you know when you need another person? How do you add another role? How, how do you pay for all that? Um, mm. IT capital expenditures. IT is expensive. It doesn't matter back then, right now, it's expensive. Well, how do you determine when it's time to buy another bank of servers or outsource it? Either way, you're writing a check. Yeah, those are big, big questions. It went lots of zeros. Um, and then I was offered a role over in customer operations, which if I had to do one of those, that was one of those mind change moments. Mm, how uh, so? So now I was beginning to be exposed to customer retention. Ooh. And that was the, oh, that is fascinating to me. So again, the, the leader at the time, um, she kind of went, yeah, you're good with numbers and stuff. And you like to model things. Here, go model that. Go understand why customers are retreating. She understood, you know, why retention was so important because the the millions of dollars and blah, 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 blah. But at the same time, the organization was focused on reducing churn. We were, we were striving to get to a million customers as quickly as we could. That's the easiest lever to pull. I mean, if you keep sell, 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 you're never going to actually get there because mm-hmm. what's falling out falls out faster than what you can put it in the top. So we did a bunch of fancy math and got some smart people in a room, and you never completely cracked the code, but we found some really good nuggets that actually helped move it. Wow. Yeah, that's okay. So is that is that when you start focusing on like the customer experience or was that already something that is that when it kind of starts? How, how much in love did you fall with that? I was in. Yeah. I was fascinated with just the psychology of it, but there's also the metric side, the modeling side of it, looking for indicators. And then you can actually start applying finance practices to it you know, lifetime value and, okay, if I gave you another widget for free, what is the probability that would extend your tenure with the – all of this can be modeled out. I was in. I, I Yep, that's where I wanted to play. Uh, in fact, I, I had a discussion with the young lady who hired me for that role um, here recently, and she had mentioned that, you know, we were doing this stuff before it was a thing. And it was like, yeah, we were, and we were really good at it. Now, would it work today? Maybe, but you you almost have to take the numbers and the spreadsheets out of the boardroom. You almost have to just ask yourself, is it the right thing to do? Mm. Yes. Okay, then we need to go do that, whether it's company culture or whatever it is. I mean, there is price and cost, and I got it. But if you're going to sit there and debate a spreadsheet for four hours on what the right thing to do is, if the number's positive, go do it. It's... It's not really that hard. Uh, you know, again, this is miles on an odometer down the road going, it's too easy for folks to want to quantify things that may not necessarily need to be quantified. Mm. 
if you could you can spend months trying to analyze a situation only to get to the same conclusion and go yeah we just need to do that don't overthink it don't overthink it that's uh, which is easy for me because I ain't that smart <laughs> you crack me up so uh you mentioned you met your wife yes here in that's Texas. why we're married yes I did meet her <laughs> yes. was that here in Texas yes yes okay Dillard's Vista Ridge Mall of all places oh okay how okay well tell me how how did you like what was the first impression what was the the when did you what when did you see her first and what did you think of her or how did it happen I have no comment your honor <laughs> uh not really um so I was actually working up in the customer service uh area um, but I was uh, there to count the money uh in you know for all the transactions so this is back before the internet when it was still two stone tablets <laughs> Well, every transaction had to be audited, right? Yeah, and it was literally on the tape machines. And, and there was some computer stuff, but it was very rudimentary at the time. Um, she was hired to do seasonal gift wrap, um, but she was also studying accounting uh, at the same school. So, okay, there's a connection. We went and hung out, and for my birthday, she took me to an ACDC concert. And then you go, yeah, yeah, that's the one. And that's where you lost it all. That's what I mean, like... All of my money, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, the feelings. That's where that that's where she get, she took your heart right there, didn't she? Yes. Yes. <laughs> that's, oh, that's that's. I I say that I didn't I didn't know the story really, but you've always talked like so highly of your wife. Um, and you know she's Logan, always. Next question on the prompt, please. <laughs> no, I mean she's absolutely the right person. Absolutely, without question. What um, did you see in her? Did you know the qualities already you were looking for in, say, the partner you were you were gonna see? Did you know what you were looking for before you met her? No, no, no. I had already picked out the next car I wanted. <laughs> Honestly, I wasn't even yeah. thinking about it. I oh. mean, seriously, it, it was. You're in college. I mean, there are way more important things to do than trying to figure out. Well, who am I gonna marry now? Well. <laughs> Go have fun. I mean, mm. don't overthink it. Just again, go have fun. That that's really where it was, and we started hanging out, and and well, there you are. What what qualities did you see in her that 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 just kind of helped? Just no, no, that she was the one. So pretty. <laughs> I, she was smart. She was motivated. Um, mm. She was studying accounting, and I don't like accounting. Uh, you know, I, I genuinely, it hurts my brain to try and figure out, well, does this go in this account or this account and this and depreciate? Yes, I can do it, but it is not my thing. I'm more interested in, okay, this has been entered. Where's that going? Mm. Where are we headed with that? Mm -hmm. Because that I can have an outcome of. Um, and I can, and, and I'm not trying to downplay accounting. It's a very important role, uh, mainly because People may be watching. Um, <laughs> it's in the past, and that's mm. great, and we have to know where we are up until now. But I, I'm personally more interested where we're going to be in three months, six months, 12 months, and that, that's really where I help my customers. 
um, more often than not, they'll send me their their log into their accounting system or whatever. I want me to go take a look. And it's like, hey, never just send somebody your log into your bank accounts. Don't do that. But secondly, I, I don't have the story behind it. So it doesn't really matter to me. Um, if you need me to analyze your financials, absolutely. I can do it all day long. You're not going to like the answer. I, I, I don't know another way to describe it because I'm going to find stuff, but it's always two years back, a year back. I'm more interested in, you know, your revenue line is flat. What are you going to do to change that? Mm. Well, I don't know. I mean, I guess get more sales. Well, yes, that's one way. Could you increase pricing? Could you lower your margins on or uh, increase your margins by lowering your spark costs? I mean, br- thousand different ways to think about mm-hmm. it. Either way, it's more cash in the in the till. Yes. So back to your original question, um, it was Christmas time, so it was really easy to get you know Christmas presents when you just start dating because you know there you are. <laughs> Okay, okay. You already had the Christmas music going. It was, you know, there's lots of you know excitement. This is back when malls were a thing. I see. So, so Mara, we actually had to go to stores when we <laughs> needed things. Really? Yeah, you couldn't just tap your phone and then poof, there's a pizza. It, it, no, you actually had to go there. <laughs> I see. Very interesting. Very interesting. I can't believe you guys had to go. I know. No. <laughs> I know. Okay, so uh, was when when you were um, like right before getting this this job at Brinks, that first one, that kind of where you, where you learned a lot. It seems like um, was there any particular person you looked up to, and why, or that well, inspired you? There were several you? people that were taller okay. than I am. Oh. <laughs> um, you know, it, there's there's just a lot. There's several folks. Was there anyone that that stood out? Yes and no. I mean, mm. yeah, you know, my dad always, you know, pushed along, you know, and mom was always supportive for what I was doing. Um, but at some point you kinda have to be an adult. You you kinda have to own it. Um and you gotta take a step and go, Yeah, this makes sense and take a risk. Or anyone there at the at the job itself where you're like, I wanna learn from this person, you know? Yeah, yes and no. Again, my cousin actually got me the job at Brinks. So, you know, again, back when, you know, smoke was a way to communicate, you know, you had to, <laughs> anyways, you couldn't just call them. Um, he, networking to be able to get a role, still super mega important then. Mm-hmm. Um, now, he was over in the customer service side, like taking calls and all that, um, which that's great. Somebody's got to talk to the customers. I was studying you know, finance at the time. So, and I, my emphasis was money and banking. So I was on the audit side of the world. Um, there were some really smart people there. Um, you know, my first supervisor, Carrie, I mean, I could literally go back through all the people that were there. Um, you know, then it was Carrie, there was Jim, there was Joni, there was Terry. I mean, bump up at the line. Um, you know, Perry, you know, I still keep up with him, even though he left God, long time ago. Anyway, Sorry, I just have that mental note of, I should reach out to Perry. He lives over in Flower Mound. I should say hello. He's only about four miles from the house. Anyways, so welcome to my brain. It's like <laughs> this all day. So how with so much going on, I mean, there's there's so many details that, that put this story together, um, like the numbers. You mentioned the art, and I can see it. It's like you're just getting a bunch of numbers that affect a lot of areas, and then you have to basically – 
put it in a way that the rest of the world under or the rest of the team understands, mm -hmm. basically, right? Um, and I say basically because I know there's a lot more to that probably. Um, how do you how do you or did you um, keep yourself organized and like like with the notes and like what to do next? You know, because I feel like a lot of time. Like, okay, you 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 have the big goal, you have broken it into steps, but then maybe, maybe you just struggle to to keep things organized to move faster, um, or even to just complete it at all. So what is what is your strategy to being productive quick and, and fast? I it's still hard for me to really comprehend how open you were to everyone to just, you know, to be there and and still get the job done and not just do the job, but do a great job. So like, how do you keep your, yourself organized is the question. A, the job's not for everybody. Mm. Um, sometimes you just have to, it's more important that person needs to come in right now. I'm gonna have to stick around afterwards or I'll have to do this at home. You know, the, there was a lot of behind the curtain work that was done. Mm. Um, if you remember every now and then I would grab the laptop and all my papers and go scurry into the office next door, the door would close mm -hmm. and I wouldn't come out for an hour. Mm -hmm. Chances are there was something significant that he needed to be aware of. Um, because I then probably had to go up two stories to go talk with the C-suite and go, Hey guys, um, problem. I'm not empowered to change it. Uh, Help. Uh, it, it's just, you do get used to it. It's practice. It, mm. It's like nothing else. Uh, being able to filter through that, recognize the priorities. Um, and then when it's a non-priority, if somebody just wants to come in and chitter chatter, okay, take a moment. Mm. Chances are there, God put them in your office for a reason, probably because you needed a break or they did. Interesting. But yes, as it comes to the details and all that, it, it's, you get used to it. You really do. You you start to be able to prioritize it. And yeah, again, you got to be above average intelligence, just like any role. You know, if you were to ask me to try and go sell a house, nope, nope. I would simply, you need to talk to Myra. That's not me. I don't know how to do that. And, and this is going to sound cold, but I'm not even interested in it. I, I would rather show up and go, I'm going to give you money. You'll give me a house. And then we're friends. Mm -hmm. I'm not interested in the transaction. And for whatever reason, I'm, I'm just not. I'm just like, I find it fascinating how inventory and things like that can be adjusted and, and accrued and folks are just, <sighs> well, to me, that's, that's intriguing. You got to find something that keeps you motivated. Mm. When did you find, like, what keeps you motivated every day? Alcohol. What what's the reason that you wake up every day today? My alarm clock. <laughs> A reason. There's no comforter on my side. I, I the reason that I get up every day. Yeah. What what what? I get to help people. Mm. I look at my calendar and go, "That's gonna be a good call." You know, I've got a couple of customers that I'm working with right now that it's cool to actually watch them go, I get it. 
Mm. And now they're actually making money. Now they're starting to turn that corner. Um, One of my customers, they had the opportunity to literally flip their entire business around. And just to watch, not just, you know, the mechanics of it, but also to step back and go, huh, huh, there's a different way to do this. But then you got to go sell it to the team. How do you go get everybody on board that, hey, we're going to 180 this thing? What? What? Why? What? But it's working. I'm like, no, you're flat. That that's that's not sustainable. That, that's only a matter of time before somebody else moves on, and then you're going to get run over, and then you're not going to be able to adapt. Everybody is susceptible to having another competitor come in and snag every ounce of it. Got to be ahead of it. How do you do it? You got to continue to adapt and change. Continue to adapt and change. That that is true. That You're is never true. done. That is true. Continue to adapt and change. That's that's uh, okay. No, this is this is great. I I mean, the flip side of that is still August fifteenth of twenty thirty seven. That's my retirement date. Oh, I mean that that's when everything will be funded and we're good until the end. And that's that really is the end game. Um, you know, the, the kids' colleges will be taken care of, the house, all that stuff. It'll just be handled, which now the court moved and now attention to detail. So then it just <laughs> yes. has to be back the way it was. Um, you know, so there's that too. I mean, you got to take care of your family and you have to have that target and all, you know, you know, it, it's not chauvinism or whatever. It's just making sure that, you know, what my wife and I are working towards and, and the in, end date. Yeah. I mean, Sure, maybe I'll keep doing this, but I don't want to have to, if that makes sense. Mm. It, there, There is a difference there between having to go into work and I've got to do this to keep the lights on. Well, that's fine and that's noble, but you really should go find someone in your life who can help move you past that. And yeah, that isn't necessarily meaning that it's going to get handed to you. Big disclaimer, don't expect somebody to go, oh, well, here's your next job, and you're going to have to work for it. Maybe it means you do have to hold down two jobs. Maybe you might have to hold down a third. That's just the way things are. But if you're working towards an end game, maybe there's a better purpose than just you know waiting for someone to hand it to you. Mm. Don't make your own luck. Mm. So um, as, as a father, you're the father of two boys. Yes, ma'am. How did that impact your life, being a father? So the upside is I had two boys, so the learning curve was really, really short because <laughs> we're really not that smart. And, <laughs> ooh, Legos, let's play with Legos. Oh, cars, let's play with cars. I mean, it, that part wasn't very hard, but there was that added weight of I got to make sure they have food. I got to make sure they have a house. I got to make sure they're happy. I've got to teach them this and this and this and this. And then... Oh wait, he's not interested in that. Like, no son of mine doesn't want to play baseball. You have to step back and go. Your job is to expose them to different things in life, not necessarily make sure that they want to relive yours. Oh, oh my gosh! Now, don't get me wrong. That's... I'm grateful that my youngest he he and his friends interact very differently than I do. But when you actually watch them together. It absolutely reminds me of high school. They just do it different. I mean, mm. those five guys, at some point, a cow will be airborne. Um, <laughs> and then my oldest, 
he's totally happy with a wrench in his hand underneath the car. That's that's perfectly fine for him. Um, you know that that's wonderful. I that's kind of where you go. Awesome. They've been exposed to enough. That's fine. How 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 big did you know or did you know this? Like uh, like you, your how much impact you would make in their life? Like how did you ever think about that? And did that change your your actions or maybe your path or or the direction maybe you even went? I may have had a little bit to do with that, like a lot. Um, so when all right, about to be overshared. Um, when my first son was born, um, please don't strike me down. He might have gotten a Rusty Wallace number two onesie that had a little number two race card. It did not have the Miller Lite logo on it, so full transparency. Um, and then we would watch the race on Sundays. I mean, just this big. I mean, he, he didn't know. Um, but when he would have a question or we'd go outside and I was working on the car, it's just like, he would always, I, there's a picture on the uh, computer where, you know, Trevor's sitting there trying to drive. And uh, actually on my phone, one of my screensavers is Tyler doing the same thing. Um, that was just fun. It's not that it was intentional. Like I'm going to teach them about this. It was, and I think this is true of anything that, if you take interest in it, your kids are going to want to take interest in it as well. Um, you know, if I'm outside, my dog wants to come outside. I'm not saying my kids are animal. Well, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and retract that sentence. Um, I'm not saying that my kids are going to be involved in the exact same things that I am, because um, that's not true. Um, I like everything in its place. And if Trevor, you're watching this, this includes my wrenches back in my toolbox. <laughs> Getting both of my children to clean their room? Mm. You pick your battles in life. Mm. I'm just convinced when they finally move out of the house, we're just going to have to wall off the upstairs and just never go there. <laughs> That's so funny. Uh I'm not making this up, Myra. So uh, last weekend, my wife, you, know, you get this random voice from downstairs. Can you believe that our forks are now $70? And I'm like, that's the third most random sentence I've ever heard in my life. Why are you? Well, because we only have like five left. Rewind. We have a full set. Where did they? I don't know. And, and unfortunately, my brain is just sitting there going, I don't know what to do with this information. I, I have to solve the problem, but I don't want to. <laughs> but it goes back to, I'm sure when they move out, we're going to find the rest of our silverware. <laughs> so funny. I feel like uh, Logan's mom has had that conversation many times with the boys that their silverware is always mm -hmm. gone. Mm -hmm. so, <laughs> that's so funny. It's a real thing, Mara. <laughs> okay okay so um, yes uh, grab a pad of paper write this down this is important it yes don't have anything nice <laughs> okay yeah uh, you hear in there logan <laughs> just saying um so i know with with parenting alone there there's like a lot of uh challenges right oh intermission here we're making there we go. So, Thank you, Logan. 
Uh, so with parenting alone. Great example of customer service versus experience. Ooh. Service, I would have had to ask. Experience, he anticipated Ooh. my need and demand. Man. Box checked. Oh, all right. Gold star. <laughs> Sorry, what? Hey, good good observation. I need to think, think about it like that. Good job, Logan. You may stay inside tonight. <laughs> uh, with, with parenting alone comes a lot of challenges and many types of challenges. How important is it to, to make choices as, you know, uh, or having these conversations as a partner with your partner about parenting as challenges arise? Communication is absolutely key. Communication is the secret to any happy relationship. Mm. We'll be married 25 years this way, this this uh, this July. The whole secret to a happy marriage is communication. Melissa communicates everything I need to know. <laughs> that that was a sentence. That wasn't a punchline. Oh, sorry. Oh, no. Oh, no, I I did I do a funny because. <laughs> no, so but I'm actually I... having a dad moment right now. Your glass of water Ooh. right there on the edges. <laughs> Back Thank here, you. we're just twitching. <laughs> Anyways, oh. um, yeah, I mean, at, when they're young, you know, toddlers, yeah, it's important, you know, because, you know, dad said I shouldn't juggle knives. And mom's like, yeah, but how are you going to get good at it? <laughs> it's, you do have to have a common front. Now, the other half is mm. they play you, and they know what they're doing. Is the, the kids. The children, absolutely. Mm. They play to this day. Ooh. So how do you handle that? You take a screenshot of the text message and you send it. <laughs> you don't forward it because that can be tracked, but a screenshot can't be tracked as easily. Oh, gosh. Hey, just checking that he checked with you. Nope, first I'm seeing this. Awesome. Mm. Okay, okay. So now it can go the other way. And I think technology has helped that mm. along the way because let's say, because I have customers that'll run all the way up till 6 30, 7 o'clock at night. Well, if my son leaves school at 4 30, I may be on a call. I may be on a video call. I may not be able to look at my phone, you know, if he's asking, hey, buddies, we're, we're going to go over to the Y to go work out. I can't. I can't. I, I'm I'm working. I can't break away from that. Um, and I'm sure I could tell the customer that, hey, normally my son gets off school. I just need a glance or whatever. I could have my watch tell me or whatever. Um, but depending on what it is, he'll just text his mom and go, hey, I'm going to go over here. Da, 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 da. Grand scheme of things, we live three miles from the high school. If walk it, mm. you know, if, if, if I'm in the middle of something and I can't reply, you're 17. <laughs> you know, at some point you have to take your hands mm. off. It. You're going to have to figure that out. Mm. Now, if it's 6 o'clock and I'm supposed to pick you up and you're not there, oh, yeah, it gets dialed from 1 to 10. <laughs> and, well, why weren't you there? Well, we just don't tell me anymore because if I don't know, I can't be held in contempt. So it's it's important to be on the same page, but it's not like the thing, depending on the circumstance. Mm, okay. I mean, are you really going to split hairs that he and his buddies ran to Starbucks after school? I don't care. I mean, I don't. 
Mm. I mean, what, he's going to be hopped up on caffeine and get more homework done? <laughs> we both know that's not true. <laughs> get more homework done? I like, I like that. Yeah, yeah. No, they'll be up till 3 in the morning and stupid Xbox thing and just clickety-clickety. Anyway, editorial. So uh, as far as like like the principles, important principles and foundations to have at home, um, what are what are those, do you think, or what are those that you live by? Yeah, I mean, when it comes to, you know, conversations, you just have to back it up and go, is this the one that I'm ready to die for? Is this mm-hmm. really that serious of a situation that I'm going to dig my heels in and literally strike the match on an argument or not? That's a very good question. I mean, is have. it just, oh, they did something I'm mad about? Or, okay, take a breath. Now, what do you think? Mm. Sometimes you bring it on yourself. And secondly, there's other times where it's like, ah, that's come up twice. There's something there. Mm, maybe I ought to take a different look at this. Um, but, you know, really, you know, when the boys have gotten older, then it just becomes more about are they in a safe place? Do they know how to handle it? Or have they been equipped with the right, you know, experience to be able to handle that situation? Do they know that that's not right? Or, mm. all right, they're having fun. It may not be right, but they're having fun. You know, it's, you know, if you and your buddies are just throwing rocks in the lake, I don't care. You know, well, what if they slip and get in the mud? Then we wash it. It's not that big a deal. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if you're throwing rocks at cars, <laughs> what kind of car is it? I mean, <laughs> what kind of car is it? <laughs> that's a real sentence because what if it's at a junkyard and you're just, oh. or if it's your neighbor's Ferrari, rut row, better get in front of that. Um, that's, again, it's scope and scale. Um, yeah. I, I like that because I, 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 it seems to me that you just kind of focus on the bigger picture. Yeah, it's the same with employees. I mean, are you really going to bust somebody down because you didn't wear a button-down shirt today, but they're wearing, you know, maybe a branded polo or something like that, you know, with your company logo? Really? That's what you're getting twisted up on? I mean, you just have to – if they were in front of a customer, would it be acceptable? Mm. Okay. And just got to pick your battles. It's mm-hmm. not that important. I feel like a lot of times we focus, we put so much importance on the, like, the thing that's in front of us. Where if, you know, if 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 you have a mindset where you just kind of focus on the bigger picture, have fun, you know, okay, well, how bad can it be? We we can fix that. It's It's easier to just kind of start letting go of all these little things that maybe are just putting the brakes in our life, you know, versus just advancing. And, yeah. um, and, and it sounds adults. so simplistic, but it's it's not what we're doing, a lot of us today, right? We just kind of see the, the thing in front of us and we make it this big explosion when it's really just nothing. Right. <clears throat> Why is it so, always the third absence is the one that gets you fired? Mm-hmm. Why? Good Why? point. Why? That that's I would like to know the reason that you were late, and was it something that we've talked about? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because it could be your first one. Well, why are you late? Yeah, I just don't care. Oh well, let me help you with your next decision. <laughs> because you just screwed your team. Because 
we got a project that we're working on or whatever. And then you roll in a half hour later, you know, you're wearing flip flops and whatever. We're about to go present to the board. Thanks for being you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the, the, and there, there's a balance there because I'm not here to tell you how to live your life. I really can barely keep mine together. But there is an expectation that when you start forcing your opinions and your style and all of that on others, you do have to step back and go, that that's, a, that's coming from a position of arrogance. Mm. And, and in, for instance, if you're going to be doing a presentation in front of the board or investors or you know a, a group of customers that are coming through, we all know you should be ready for that. You should look the part. Mm. Now, if you want to be different and you want to wear your flip-flops and your shorts and you work in a bank, you can once. Right. But it's it's just not the right thing to do. And, you know, kind of backing that up, you know it's not the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. So why are you trying to push the agenda? There, there's a perfectly good time and place for you to be able to express yourself. Absolutely agree. I'm not here to say that. However... If this is a client you're trying to secure, they have money that's going to make payroll for this month, you may want to get on board. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that, makes, that makes a lot of sense. And I've had that conversation with folks, you know, and I genuinely don't care what color your hair is. Mine's falling out in clumps. I don't care what color it is. But when it's bright blue and we're going to be talking with investors with big bags of money, Right. You gotta, you can't distract yeah. and we gotta stick to what the, the, yeah, I, I, I know what, I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, and not that there's anything wrong with that, right. but you gotta think about your customer. You gotta think about the other folks in the room. Put on a hat that day for me. <laughs> yes. Yes. I, I, and I, can and I know see that's that. not a very politically proper thing to say, but at some point we do have to recognize that you're forcing, situation. Mm-hmm. And that's not always the best way to get somebody on your side. And it's just like with the culture of the company. If if it's mm. portrayed as being very professional and very forthright, maybe this isn't the company for you. Right. Right. For sure. For sure. So where when when did the growth coach when was the growth coach born? And how, how did it happen? Or, you know, how long had it been cooking before it was born? Yeah, so great question. Um, I had been helping folks out, you know, just kind of on the side. You know, hey, I was thinking about doing this venture. You know, I want to put together this, that. And okay. So we sit down, we figure it out. Um, so it's always kind of been there. Um, mm-hmm. And even going back further, you know, if we had a department or a group that was struggling to hit their goals, um, regardless of what they were, you know, you still kind of coach them through it. Mm-hmm. Um, so then when the opportunity popped up, it's like, oh, you mean this is like a thing? I can make money at this? Let's go take a different look at it. And there we were. So it got us out of the, uh, you know, kind of the, the garage band type thing and and kind of a little bit more professionalized uh, to, to do the same thing, but put a framework around it. Mm. I mean, I bought into this just because I didn't want to, I found myself constantly creating new workbooks and material. And I'm like, that's not a good use of my time. Mm. Um, so that's, I found this, literally everything I needed was already up on the shelf. I can pull down different things as I need and go help my customer. 
Okay. Okay. So how, how long have you been a leader at, at the growth coach or leading it? Sorry. So the upside is, um, technically I'm the only one in the Dallas Fort Worth area. All right. Great news for me. (laughs) Um, and, and don't get me wrong. I mean, there's coaches all over the country and I've got customers all over the country. Uh, it, it's it's more of a network than anything else. Um, so if it came to conflict resolution, um, my definition is cage match. That's where we will solve this. <laughs> to the octagon we go. But there's another coach in the Poconos who's way better at conflict resolution, so I would ask him to join in on this conversation. Mm. Now, if he's got a customer that is, you know, they've got something funky going on and none of their numbers make sense, he's probably going to ring me up and go, you got a minute, I need you to look at a report. And I'm going to go, uh, yeah, somebody's committing fraud. This makes no sense. Okay, run. <laughs> okay. Yeah, delete, delete, delete. I didn't see any of that. Uh, but that's that's also the pros and cons of both, that you, know, you do get to help out other coaches as well as customers. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I've had to ping his customers and, and vice versa. I mean, even other coaches in the country. I'm just picking on Rick unfairly. But and just call his customer and go, hey, you mentioned something really curious. Can you walk me through that? Because I think I may have a customer with that challenge. And I'm just curious how you went through it as a, as a business owner. Um, you know, just to learn from that. It, it kind of opened it up to a larger network to be able to go, oh, I don't have to be the smart one. I just have to surround myself with the smart ones. Mm. Good point. Yeah. Life of a business coach. Every morning you wake up with, oh, that is a problem. <laughs> <laughs> so what is, uh, what, is, how, what is your experience like when you mention, you know, these problems? Most people want to fix the problems, but a lot of times maybe there's, there's a, maybe a little bit of trouble accepting that that is a problem maybe even. So how, how do you have th- these conversations with, with people that – that kind of give you pushback? Like, what is your strategy? Oh, I use them for sport. Oh, yeah? (laughs) Just like... Oh, this is going to be fun. Oh, (laughs) bless your heart. Honestly, it's it's kind of fun to get somebody to walk across the bridge and then go, I got it. I understand. Mm. Uh, But 90% of my day is just helping you overcome what you know you can already do but you have it in your head that it's hard. Mm. Yeah, it's hard. Life is hard. Sorry. I mean, shocker. Life is. But running your business is hard, and it's complicated, and there's people counting on you. It's a lot of pressure, and it's it's hard. And have to be just hard right now. Get out of your own way. Go find people who can support your cause and help you. How much of that help do you find a lot of times is really just accountability, especially for the ones that, you know, we are our own bosses and you don't have somebody telling you what to do, you know, and so then. But you're still accountable to yourself. True, true. I mean, at the end of the day, it's up to you. Mm-hmm. If you don't want to go show houses, you don't have to. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have one of those Logan things. I mean. Right. <laughs> right. Yes. Now, but you're still accountable to your family. Mm. I mean, you still want to go do that. Mm -hmm. So even if you're a sole entrepreneur, 
you want to make money. You want to do better. The end game is so that you don't have to do it every single day. You want to have a team of people out there working for you. Your job as the owner is not to do. Your job as the owner is to create new jobs. Mm. That's your job. Mm-hmm. If you're creating so much business and employing so many people, you're a good owner. You may be a terrible leader, which we should talk, but you're a very good owner. Mm-hmm. And that's usually one of the first questions I'll ask business owners. What do you think your your role as a business owner is? Well, it's to provide the vision and swing and a miss. <laughs> your job is to create new jobs. Mm. If you're continuing to add to your workforce, that means your revenue is growing, your profits are growing. All of that stuff is clicking and ticking. And we could tweak on it to make sure it's efficient and da-da-da. But that's your job. So what would be one of the biggest challenges you face with your clients as you're trying to help them increase and elevate their business? What is one of the common things you're finding with, with the people you work with? We have tried that before. Um. And so how do you break that down to, how, how do you break that down? Like, like uh, what, what would be the next thing you do? Maybe you tried it in the past wrong. Mm. Okay. And usually it is not that complicated. It's usually you got it about 80% of the way and then stopped watching it. Oh. Okay. You're, you're seeing some progress. Okay, that's got it. Now you're over here. Okay, well, that that didn't work because you weren't doing that. So in your mind, it didn't work. Well, you were close. Or you're just not holding folks accountable. That's the other half is when I hand you a task and you don't do it, it yeah, it sucks being the owner. You're going to have to have an uncomfortable conversation. Mm. Do you find a lot of owners have trouble having difficult conversations? Even if they have no problem confronting that, they're very bad at actually delivering it. Mm. If you're going to come across confrontational and you did this again, you're not going to get very far. I mean, because now you're back into that parent-child and, oh, daddy just yelled at me. Well, I'll show him. Right. And then that whole, that trust thing. Right. It's just completely gone. Okay, yeah. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. So when, when, when the trust is, it, when you have a sense that maybe we need to rebuild some trust, get people back on, on the mindset of why they come to work every day, um, what are some of the key principles, one of the, some of the key things for owner, business owners to start working on? Because it's not like, oh, yeah, do this, boom, it's turned around, right? So usually they have to work on something. What if it's if it comes with trust? If trust is, it's the thing that we're trying to rebuild and and get people on track with the reason they come to work every day and to do to try to empower them to do the best of their ability so that they can continue moving moving up and 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 forward with their lives. Mm-hmm. Um, compassion, passion, compassion, compassion. Ooh, yeah. Okay. We're all people. Yeah. I mean, serious, we're all people. We're going to make mistakes. And it's a two-way street. You know, it can't always be, well, our owner doesn't let us, you know, blah, 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 blah. Okay, well, if, the, if that's what you're going to get grumpy over, this isn't the right job for you. And to be able to have that conversation with your employees to go, this may not be the right job for you anymore. 
you know, if if that's what you're needing, mm-hmm. I, I I can't support that. But we're nice. And there's a difference between compassion and being nice. Mm-hmm. It's it's where everybody gets twisted up. Oh. You want to be liked. You want to be a friend. You want to not be the owner whose personal, you know, it, you know that is their livelihood because you're you're being nice. Nice, nice. Now, I'm not saying being a complete jerk about it, right? But you need to be able to have that difficult conversation, but still recognize this is a person on the other side. Maybe they have a good reason. Maybe it's the best reason for them. It may not be a good reason for you, but Maybe you have three cars, and theirs just got repossessed. Maybe they don't have a way to get to work anymore. It may not even be your fault as you know their job provider to go. Oh, okay. Well, you have a lot going on in your life. You know that that's right. I'm sorry, your car. Just, I'm genuinely sorry, but as your employer, I can't necessarily say, "Well, I'm going to go buy you another car." Right. That's that's not always the right thing to do either. Right, right. That makes sense. That make, that makes sense because if they lost their vehicle, there's and and they're in trouble. There's probably other gaps or holes they they need to plug in their life and could yeah. be in their habits, um, or just maybe their environment they're in. Many yeah. things, right? So then, um, if you provide them exactly with the one thing they need without going through the process. It may do more harm than good at the end of the day. It sounds like I kind of I think about like parenting and how some sometimes um, when I when I've seen some parents give give the kids everything and and even even when when they're maybe being brats and they still kind of get away with those bratty actions, but then they still do it. Then they grow up and maybe they're not so likable by you know, by the workforce Those community. The, yeah, they expect folks to they just expect, do stuff. Right. 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 So And there are times where you have to have a lot of compassion as as a business owner. Let's take that previous, you know, example. Well maybe this young mom, you know, her husband just left and took all the money and, you know, they, that's bad. Mm. That's really bad. And it may be beyond her ability to fix that right away. Because her primary, I have to find a place for us to live. I got to get my kid food. We're all the way back down into primal needs. Getting to work is, that's like number four, right? So you as the owner then have to go, okay, this is not a personal attack on me. What can I do to help this employee? There's nothing I as their employer can do. I can't just give you money to solve the problem because that really doesn't solve the condition. But maybe this young lady has no idea what to do. Maybe her world is just so on fire, and I'm picking on a young lady unfairly, but it's just she's down here going, I don't have a way to get diapers today. That's my number one problem right now. You yelling at me, don't care. But maybe they don't know that they can reach out to charitable organizations or whatever to help. You know, And again, now you're, you're not directly you know, solving that problem or fixing that temporarily, you're actually putting them on a different path. Mm. I Again, mm-hmm. you could have walked them out because this was their third tardy, but all you did now is 
made it worse. Right. Right. And yeah, that's where like that is actual compassion because it's it's looking for what the the greater good is despite, you know, okay, this is what has to happen, but it's for the greater good. Um yeah, most yeah. folks are they're not gonna walk into work going, Yep. Right. So and so took off, emptied the checkbook, yeah. left me all alone. Right. Who does that? I mean, maybe somebody would, but that that would be the exception. So you as their leader or their you know, owner of the company would have to look at that and go, That's different behavior. Something something has changed. So in in your opinion, what are some of the key things, some of the key um, factors that a leader possesses, would you, would you say? Like when, when you think of a leader and what they bring to the table, what are, say, maybe three, three, three aspects? Yep. Approachable. Approachable. Okay, We've yeah. We've all had bosses that we never talked to. Agreed. I mean, I don't have to be your best friend. Right. But... I should know my employees' names. Mm. Maybe as far as their spouse or their kids, um, common interests, things like that. Um, that's important because you're showing that they care and and that you are interested th- in them as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't mean we're going to be best buddies because that's not you know, going to take place all the time either. But get to know them. You know, then when you do have something happen, you can empathize a little bit more. Mm-hmm. You know, if someone's spouse just suddenly left, that's crushing. And meanwhile, you want them to be on, you know, and I'm picking on a call center, you want them to be on the phone and have a happy voice all day? That, that's not, that is not their fault. Mm-hmm. And that's also coming from a position of arrogance from you as the employer. Well, you just need to put on a happy smile. Oh my God, my world just collapsed. Are you kidding me? Right. You got to be approachable and someone has to be able to trust you. Um, And then you've just got to be on the lookout for talent. Mm -hmm. The folks that normally have people gravitating towards them in a room, those are the ones you're going to want to have on your team. Those are the ones that people are able to connect with and communicate with. Now, whether or not they are the best worker, I don't know. But if there's a difficult project or something that's coming down the line, I'd rather have them deliver mm-hmm. the message because they're going to be able to rally the troops more than I could. It makes sense, kind of like, um, um, like in in the military, people, you know, put their lives on the line because they can, they know, they they trust that. If if they were in the same situation, and this is what like a lot of, uh, you know, soldiers respond when they ask them, well, why did you put yourself on the line knowing you have a wife and kids? And they say, well, because they would have done the same to me. So it's it's similar, like in a corporate environment, mm-hmm. right? Like um, when when things get shaky, when when you need people to rely on, when things get bad. It's if if the environment's unsafe, if the if if there's no trust, it's kind of like um, that person not arriving at a, a, a at eight a.m. because they have other priorities. It'll be the same thing. They're gonna go to survival mode and they're gonna run away to save their own lives mm-hmm. versus coming together because they feel safe in the environment 
because they know that the person next to them is also looking out for them. And so, you know, having, having a good environment, having trust and having, uh, being uh, one of the things you mentioned, um, uh, like being, uh, uh, approachable, mm -hmm. um, when you create that environment, instead of people running away for their own survivorship, they come together mm -hmm. and, and they solve the problem. And, and, you know, you mentioned multiple times, um, when things need to happen, you kind of sit in a room and, okay, how are we going to do this? It's like you put a team together and you rely on each other to everybody's going to do what their yeah. part. And, um, <coughs> so it's, it's a lot of it translates, um, both, you know, military in the workforce and even at home. Mm -hmm. Um, that, and so, yeah, that's, uh, it's, it's, it's really, really interesting. Um, so I know that one of you you fell in love with the customer service aspect. And like the third one, I would I would be have a sense of humor. Oh yeah, you're not lacking lacking any of that. It huh? is, well, <laughs> there are times when we're doing a serious job. That's not the time. Mm, timing. Good lord, you got to be able to take it easy. Life is too short. Just laugh. I mean, it's we all make dumb mistakes. You know, I'd, I've seen reports and I've sent reports where there's a, a formula error. And you just go, oh, that was dumb. That was really dumb. And then you just look back on it and you go, yeah, mm. but you found it. <laughs> I mean, you, you just have right. to have a little bit of fun in life. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I I definitely agree with that. Um, and And sometimes it's hard nowadays with living a fast paced lives and, you know, living on watching the, the time, the clock. And so and we're afraid to say this might offend. Right. Okay. Again, it goes back to trust. And if you're genuinely not trying to offend someone, you probably won't. Mm -hmm. What are some of the, 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 the things that you learned that you didn't think that you didn't expect, um, working as, as a coach? coaching other business leaders and even helping other leaders yourself. What was one of the things that you didn't expect to learn and you know now? A big one would be a misperception that I had that business owners knew how to look at their financials. Mm. They knew how to look at their bank account and know if it was good or wrong. I, to me, that was just a, well, duh, who wouldn't know how to do that? I mean... Interesting. Interesting. It's interesting so, I mean, you had that perspective and um and yeah. I would in my brain when I started was well if you're running a business you better know how to do that. You know, so you know coming from a position of arrogance but then once you peek under the hood you go there's a lot of moving parts. Mm -hmm. That suddenly is no longer the most important. It's not even on the list for many folks. It's like yeah 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 we're really busy so I'm sure it's working. Okay. And then you start digging into it and you realize eh, it's all right. It's it's not great, but it's actually not that bad. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's that that's that's really interesting because it is so complex. I mean, you went to school, you studied finance, you know, other other people, you know, start their businesses, whatever their background is, and you know, not all of us study finance. Which um, I don't understand. 
<laughs> Fair enough. Well, now we need we need more of you. Is basically more more finance minded individuals. If there's more of me than my price tag would come down. <laughs> so no, I'm fine with the number that we have. <laughs> Fair, fair enough. So earlier you mentioned, but um, uh, it also requires folks to understand that that is important and seek somebody out who can help. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because you you don't necessarily need, and I'm picking on CPAs. You don't necessarily need a CPA to do your day to day books, but you do need one to be able to provide that guidance as to, hey, this is going to be a problem if you keep this up. This, mm-hmm. this is going to either be a tax problem or it's going to be a blah blah blah. That's a challenge. So all of this stuff fits together. So you gotta find vendors and or employees that you can really trust and ask hard questions to. Well, you know, one of the things too is uh, um, I, I really see more and more the importance of of building a team around you, a team that 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 have their own set of expertise. So you know, you just mentioned, you know, you you would have. Um, you would rather hire a realtor to say, "Hey, I want I want to buy a house. This is what I want. Here's my money," and then for them to kind of make that journey as smooth as possible for mm-hmm. you, and that's where the value would be, right? So, um, but that real say, for example, that real estate person may not know all the ins and outs of, like, say, the home. So then that's why you hire uh, an inspector to give you their. So it, at the end of the day, it's not that any one person knows all these different areas. It's more so finding the right people to add to your team that can help cover those holes. And I think like what you do, it's so important. And I think it's like, I think more and more we can, we're going to start appreciating even more in the future, that importance as time in people's lives. Cause it's already people talk about a life work balance, how it's, you know what a myth ooh what a myth you think so everybody gets to define it for themselves ooh. it's just a question of priority i was like well i don't have a good work life balance that is a choice mm. now, you, you may not like one of the outcomes well i'm not going to make as much money you'll have more life mm. or i want a whole lot more money well you better be prepared to work it is a choice. It is a choice because it it, it's it's a it's a mindset, and so that's true. I mean, folks, and this is me just being me. Uh, I have no professional training, and I'm not I'm not running any of this through a filter. If you're working for a company that is requiring you're there seventy hours a week, and you're just tired of that, getting the employer to change is probably not going to happen. You're going to have to change, mm-hmm. which may mean you have to quit that high paying job if it's high paying you may have to quit that job and find something else mm-hmm. you have to make a decision and don't necessarily assume the employer is going to make it for you right because you're an adult make it make a choice right or wrong just make one uh, it's it really is up to you yeah when i was in college i had all kinds of free time i had no problem doing 70 80 hours a week didn't bother me at all i i i already had all my homework done i i was ready might as well put some coin in the bank awesome then when the boys were born that changed then it was well i'm gonna be done by five o'clock because i want to and again i needed to pick them up from the sitter and da 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 but i i made that choice that 
I was not going to career this thing. No, no, no. I can take that project. And meanwhile, I'm neglecting. It's a choice. And is either one right or wrong? I don't, I can't answer that Mm. because it's different for everybody. This is the one that I made for us. Yeah. Yeah. That is, that is so true. And it goes back to maybe even like, like making a choice. It's hard because you have to think about it. Mm -hmm. So if you just want to wish, 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 but not think or do, then, um, like you mentioned earlier, somebody else is going to make those choices for you. Yeah. Employers are always going to want more. Mm-hmm. I want it to be more efficient. I need more out of each employee. I need more productivity. Yes. And, and that's not bad either. I, I, right. That came across as that was a terrible thing, but no, that's not. Um, I mean, it's just, that's just how proper it is. usage of resources. Right. Um, but... If we really want to shift work-life balance, here comes the philosophical part, the labor force can mandate that way better than the employer work for, uh, The employer can push the other way. If I already have 10 people and they all say they want to have a better work-life balance, I as the employer have a very easy decision to make. I better come up with a way to do that or everybody could leave. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not necessarily that the employees are threatening to leave, but I, as their employer, need to look back and go, hmm, I need to be able, these are very key people, I need to keep them all, how can I do this? And sometimes you got to get creative, you just got to figure it out. Maybe you do need to hire somebody else, maybe you need to bring on a different client base, maybe you need to increase your pricing to offset, 100 different ways to get about it, but that's a much more efficient way to do it than you know, trying to force it or legislate it that, you know, oh, we can only have a 32-hour work week, but we're going to pay you for 40. Well, where's the other eight hours of pay going to come from? It has to come from somewhere. Mm. So if the workforce is going, yeah, I'm just not going to take that job. You know, I know I'm qualified. I just, I'm not going to do it. Eventually that will cascade out. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you've just overset your expectations. I'm like, well, I only want to work three hours a day and make $400,000. All right. Good luck. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Earlier you mentioned um, you're writing a book. You mentioned a book. Two of them, actually. Two books. Are you currently writing Not at the same time because I can't do that. Okay. Yeah. Yes, currently, yes. You're currently writing both or one? Yes. Both? Yes. Okay. But only one at a time. Okay. Okay. So um, tell me about the first book you're writing and why you're writing it. So this is a book on priority management or time management. But since no one can actually manage time, mm. simply on managing your priorities. Ooh. Yeah, I know. Deep, deep. Hey, yeah. Um, that, yes. Yeah. But it's a follow-up to the goals one. Did I share that book with you? No. Lucky me. I brought one in the thing. Oh. Oh, great. Um, and I didn't want to ruin the camera setup. Otherwise, I would have dug in my bag. But oh, you, yes. can, you can you can go in your bag, yeah. But yeah. I, now I'm tethered. <laughs> Logan will fix the camera. There's a word I've never had to use before. <laughs> yes, so there we are. Oh, okay. So There'll be a quiz on Friday. Okay, I'll be ready. It's a quick one on goal setting and why they're so important. Um, yes, I've paid a lot of money for my children to kick balls into nets, so that's why there's a soccer ball in the front. Um, but the 
the priority management is another big one because everybody's, well, I'd never have enough time to get anything done. You have enough time. Are you working on the right things? Mm. You have the right people working on the right things. Are you trying to do it all? Well, then good luck. Um, the other is actually a book on customer experience and how spreadsheets have destroyed customer service. Mm. I know. Spreadsheets are my friend. Uh, I'm about to say that they're not. Ooh, really? Well, again, it goes back to the original conversation. It's very easy to look at a spreadsheet and say, oh, well, we're going to have to spend you know, time actually talking to our customers. You know, I'm going to have to spend more time while they're in my store. Yep. Well, that means I have to pay for that. Yeah, there's payroll involved. <laughs> yeah. But is the probability that they'll increase either their size of their purchase or repeat business and all that, does that offset it? Well, do you want to spend the next seven months going through calculations or can you just put on your big boy pants and go, you know what, that is the right thing to do. When I walk in as a customer, that's what I would expect. Mm. Go do that. Stop. Stop. Mm. Just go do that. So goals, um, why did you write this book? I wanted to. Fair enough. What Good drove question. you what, what drove you to drive to write this book? I actually had to go downstairs and turn on the computer. Yeah? No way. And then what happened next? It was just on my <laughs> list of things to do. I always Yo. wanted to have a book and yeah. I mean, then I realized that, wait a minute, they don't all have to be thousand-page novels. What if it was just a quick, easy read? You know, literally, you could read that on an airplane or any other type mobile device. So if you live on a subway, you can read the book. Um, you know, just something that was quick and easy. It's designed so that you could take notes in it. Um, as you're thumbing through it, there's a whole thing on, you know, there's lots of blank space because... I love the quotes. I wanted it to be a pop-up book, but then I realized that's not appropriate. <laughs> I love the very first um, quote you have here by Jim Ron. Success is steady progress towards one's personal goals. So in theory, it's a universal goal because steady progress. I mean, when does that end? Just right. If you're going to sit there and debate and debate and debate, A, you're going to bore me. Secondly, just pick a path. At the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. Just pick one. Go. If it doesn't work, try something else. So what is what is the book you're writing now? The the second book? Because this is that goals. Was how spreadsheets killed customer service. And the experience. second one. Yes. Okay. And how far into it are you now? Uh about halfway. Uh it's proving more difficult than I thought because mm. how do you describe what good is? Ooh. Different to everybody, right. but when we see it, we know it. This is not a product placement, but we've all been to Chick Fil A. It's awesome, but not just because of their sandwich. I mean, it, it's chicken, some breading, and some and and a pickle, good pickle. But how do they treat you? Mm -hmm. I mean, even when and this is a little example, um, after you place your order, do you say thank you? Yes. Try it next time. If you haven't, I mean, it's, hey, thanks. Oh, it's our pleasure. Mm -hmm. It's always just the, no, it was my pleasure. No, it was your pleasure. It actually gets to be fun. And <laughs> if they're not too busy, they'll get folks around the, you know, on their staff to chime in and have that fun too. So it's, it's that sense of purpose. That's what gets you to coming back. 
do they do anything materially different other than that? Mm -hmm. It's fast food. Right. One one of the things that has always stuck with me um, was um, you... Well, I remember the message, not necessarily the the details, but I know that it was a shoe store that they provided, like what you, what you called a wow customer experience, and so that wow had like literally st- stuck with me. So every time I I do something, and I'm like, was that a wow experience? Um, and so that's basically what we're saying that experience over you know with Chick Fil A, it's that wow experience because it's not the norm you don't get that same service every other or it's you don't find it easily everywhere i mean they're out there they're just not like as especially for for being a a you know fast food chain um the top the type of of experience that they 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 provide to the customers and so and you know you wonder because it's a whole environment thing right like these people and and it is it is genuine like when you go you you it's not like oh yeah they're just saying it on you know just cuz or you know they they didn't really meant it you don't really get that feeling it like it feels genuine right so it's yeah. those wow experiences um, and and so, after they've stopped working there, you can always spot somebody who used to work at Chick-fil-A mm-hmm. or used to work at Disney, um, mm-hmm. you know, companies that are just known for their service. And, you know, backing that up into the, into the, the service book is that has a price, right? That, that level of training and recruitment, that has a price. Well, somebody somewhere figured out that value and went, yep. That's the right thing. Mm. It adds bottom line value to you know the the brand and and to the shareholders. So, is it more efficient to not do that or do it? Mm-hmm. I don't know. You know, maybe this is, and I'm just picking on uh, Whataburger now. The folks that are actually walking around with the tray of you know ketchups and all that stuff, somebody has to pay them to walk around the store. There's there's cost there. You could argue the other side that, well, if you need ketchup, just go up to the counter and get ketchup. They'll give you it, you know, and it's not a big deal. Well, what is the difference? Well, you're asking the customer to have all the effort. They've already sat down. They're having their thing. And then you realize, ah, they didn't put any ketchup in the bag. Or I forgot to ask for ketchup when I was placing my... Would it be a major ordeal for them to stand up and walk all the way 10 feet to go get it? Probably not. But here there's a guy walking around or a gal walking around with a tray of stuff. Right. And that's their job. Yeah. That has a value. Well, is it driving value for the company or is it driving value for the brand? Everything has to be evaluated. Yes. It's that that value. Yeah. Definitely. It has a cost, but that's where you don't want to go too deep down into the spreadsheets because you could look at this example – um, and I'm going to exclude our current workforce folks in the room who might be able to hear me. If you're trying to figure up on a man hour per customer, then having someone walk around with condiments on a tray doesn't make sense because, well, I could save money by not having them, and the customer can come up and get it. They're already standing at the front counter taking a, their next order. They can hand it. I could do away with the entire role, and I look like a hero, and I save $70,000. Mm. 
yes, but you no longer made it memorable for all of your guests. So you actually eroded value at that point. Mm. That's hard to get back. Yes. You know, and I think that kind of loops back to earlier when you were mentioning you you started working with the retention department. Mm -hmm. And it's like, like going out there and getting new clients, it's the hard part. It's 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 hard, right? Because you have to go out there and kind of compete with the market mm-hmm. to bring them to you, to for them to either buy, you know, your product or your service, whatever that is. Um, uh, but I was one of the things I, I I thought as as we're speaking, and even as I I open here the first two pages, the quote here by Jim Ron, and one of the things he he says, and. Um, and God, man, it makes so much sense. It's like, um, it's when, when you get hired to do a job and when you're out there looking for a job, the question is, shouldn't be how much will I get paid? The question should be, what will this make of me? And so, you know, uh, and, and that would, if like that thought alone, like, you know, if, 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 that puts people in a different mindset, I think, you know, and and maybe even um, get more than maybe you even expect by by you know by by knowing why you're doing like as 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 an employer or or an employee, um, you know, going into work and and knowing that hey, when I when I complete this or by doing this, this is what's gonna this this is how I will base. This is what it will make of me, basically. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, like you know that 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 is that is so powerful. And if if employers can help their employees figure that out, or 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 say, hey, you know, this is like I I want you to grow. I want you to you know, and and it puts them in this. It's almost like that's their goal. Like I'm gonna do this to the best of my ability because because there's a bigger there's a bigger reason there's a bigger vision there's i'm I'm gonna be better than what i am here today um so like i i really find it very interesting like the first part is jim ron because i i am gosh good guy i i couldn't believe i didn't know of him before i'm like like the world should listen to all of his content. It just makes things, you know. It's funny because you know. Meanwhile, we listen to folks, on, and I'm picking on Instagram unfairly. We listen to nonsense. Yes. I, I don't really care why blue is the new green. I don't care. Mm-hmm. But you know, to your point, you know, th- there are roles where. Yes, I'd love to think that this role is going to make me a better person, but maybe it's just as simple as this role will not make me dependent on someone else. Mm-hmm. I can be an adult. Mm-hmm. I can I can do this on my own. I may not have, you know, the big fancy car or whatever, but dang it, I can take care of myself. And don't underestimate that. I I, I just watch, you know, you know, some of these shows and it's just look at all this shiny stuff in the background. But you just look at their face and go, but you are terribly miserable on the outside. You, you don't even realize it. Mm-hmm. And, and then you're going, I know this is probably their 50th take of that scene, but 
the, the bigger boat doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You know, are you all right? You know, that's important. And the other half is, yeah, the employer should watch for that, but it also does depend on the role. There are roles that you're going to dig ditches. It's a noble job. There's yeah. nothing wrong with it. You're providing for yourself. You know, you're able to at least afford, you know, a, a meal. But the other half is don't expect to be paid $400,000 for digging ditches. You know, just you know, unless you're a civil engineer and you have it, and that ditch is the one that's going to, like, save the planet. <laughs> then, yeah, get paid for that. But where I'm headed is it's okay with the the concept of a menial job. There's nothing menial about a job. Maybe you have to hold down two jobs, three jobs. Own your life. Mm-hmm. And and it, it really is up to each person to attempt to own your path. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there are times when folks do need a hand, and even up. Right. I got it. But if you're waiting for everybody to be a millionaire, then... No, mm-hmm. that's not the right path. Because then nothing has value at that point. Right, right. So then it, it kind of falls into like that value. It was really deep. Well, hopefully we recorded that. That's, <laughs> that's, there's chapter two. Yes. Yes. So uh, so you've always wanted to write books, uh, a book. I've always wanted to rule the planet, but the book is like the next thing. <laughs> No, I, I always wanted to have a book out there. You know, when, when you look back and you start thinking legacy and, you know, it'd be, it'd be nice after the end of days that, oh, yeah, and he wrote a book. And he wrote a book. Wow. That's actually, that's really impressive because now I'm thinking like. Um, Mainly because I know some of my buddies and I'm sure some of them may even be upset that there aren't little pictures to color in as they're reading it, but. You know, again, it's, you know, you're kind of looking back over things, you know, being, yeah, my dad wrote a book. Now, if anybody reads the book, they realize, well, it wasn't exactly a very deep book. Oh, that doesn't have to be. Again, pick something, go do it. Mm-hmm. What, what was, what was the, 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 the thing, like the, the goal or like, what's the message that you hope in, in two sentences that you hope people get out of, say this book, since it's already written, this, uh, goals, what is the goal of the goals yeah, book? Yeah, yeah. Like, what, what, what do you wish people take out of your book? They make up their goals. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. Good talk. <laughs> yes. No, really, it's just come up with something that's achievable but pushes yourself. Okay. And and then you, you got to go execute against it. And it's okay if it changes. It's fine. I mean, I've always been fascinated with that. You know, you know, thinking back corporate wise, that we would do budgets in like August, and they'd finalize in October for the next fiscal year, and then you realize by January the market has completely changed, but everybody's goals and objectives were written for something from last August. Well, mm. what, can we just change it? I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, yeah, uh, I, I, I love the approach you take. Honestly, like it's. Um, it actually kind of reminds uh, that's one of the things I do love about Jim Ron is how just simplistic he puts things like it's Did you just call me simple. No, no. Well, it's that's one of the one yep. of the weird there things. Goes the other feeling now it's been hurt. <laughs> that's uh, one of the weird right. things. Right. That like we it's like we almost want to find that magic answer and we have the answers in front of us. And we're like, no, that's too simple. 
uh, you know, you know what I Don't mean? Don't overcomplicate like, it. Yes. Right. Right. Um, and, and so as you're speaking, uh, like in, you know, I just, I, Jim just kind of came into my mind now, but I'm making that connection. Like it, it really, it really is not that we make it complicated for our own selves. Not to pull religion into it, but even look at the Ten Commandments. Uh, now, granted, George Carlin's bit is ten times funnier than mine, but they all boil down to two things. Be honest and don't kill people. Mm. Okay. Do we need ten? No, I'm glad we have them, don't get me wrong, because it does <laughs> remove the ambiguity from it. But, again, just simplify. Life is too complicated. Right. Yeah, I... I... I love that. I I really do because um it kind of it kind of kind of takes like weight off the shoulders and and it kind of makes space to figure out like what truly does matter, what is the goal and like why why are we and 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 it's important to understand why we're doing these things, right? So like for you, why why do you do everything you do? It's fun. Mm. It's fun. Yeah. If I'm bored, I'm going to get distracted, and then I'm... Yeah. I'm chasing squirrels. Yeah. Um, you know, it's... you got to find something that you enjoy doing. Um, I love numbers. I, I Numbers are not for everybody. I, I mm. have met those people. Cool. Don't ask me to draw a picture or a logo, or is, is this a better representation? Hmm. <sighs> And, and it's not that I don't have an opinion. It's just not a priority for me. It does not matter to me. So I'm I'm not the right person to ask. Uh, you know, I've, I've been shown different logos and, well, what about this branding and this? And I'm like, it makes phone ring. I, I, <laughs> and, and it's not that I'm being cold or insensitive. Yeah. I just don't care. It makes sense. Yeah, when when the coffers are full of cash, now I'm happy. <laughs> and if if this little magic circle with a little reindeer in it, or 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 a little, if that's what made the phone ring, great. How um how how much of books do you read yourself? Like how 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 much into books are you? I know you're into Comic numbers. Comic books count. Sure. I mean, because let's be honest, I mean, in 2020 with COVID, you know, The Walking Dead, that may have been a documentary. We mm. just didn't realize it. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, I, and this isn't a reflection on intelligence. I like the short books. Get to the point. I'm just, I don't have time to read 500 pages on why, you know, just tell me what the important bits are. I'm busy. I don't have time. Um, you know, again, it's not a priority. for. I don't need the whole... You wrote a book. I get it. It's hard. You're smart. I'm, tell me the important parts. And then how can I actually apply that? Mm. Um, and that's usually where there's so many choices and you're just, I need a book on blah, and you have 5,000 choices. Well, which one? <sighs> Do you pick the one with the most stars or the most pages? Or, you know, this guy's written 75 books. This one's only written two. Ugh, I, I tune out. <laughs> I, then I just start texting buddies and, and friends and going, hey, I'm looking to read a book on blah, blah, blah. And they're like, oh, well, try this one. Try that one. Oh, two people said the same thing. That's the book I'm getting. Makes sense. Simplify things. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and then you learn I'm... on an entire book on Batman. You didn't mean to learn about Batman, but now you know about 
Batman. So it, it works. <laughs> yeah, make, makes sense. Makes sense. So what what kind of uh, you mentioned earlier legacy, and it's funny. I was going to que- ask a question, you know, in in that department, like when you depart from here, um, what would you want people to remember you for? Like, what what do you what would you like? That I tied up traffic for three days. <laughs> How so? Well, either it's going to be an awesome show with like fireworks and then the jets that fly over and then the, or just so many friends that the motorcade is just that long. <laughs> but then I would also question is like, really, you guys took off three days work for this? I mean, no offense, I'm dead. I've gone on to a better place. Y'all are wasting your time with this mess. <laughs> but again, at that point, it's no longer about you. You know, I just, I just hope my kids are happy that they're able to take care of themselves. And that that's really the end game. Mm. So, uh, what would you like your kids to remember you like? Like what? I want my kids to remember to put my tools away. <laughs> okay, that's uh, that's it. That's that's a good goal. Yeah, and cut. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, you know, really, I just hope that you know when when they raise their families, if they decide to have families, just take a breath. I worried about way too many things that were not even close to important. Just mm. live it. Just have some fun. It, do you think that's why, like, you make the choices you make today? Because maybe you, you saw, um, like, how much you worried in the past about things? I took things way too serious in the yeah. past, yeah. Oh, even really? my oldest. I told him that. Sorry, I didn't mean to kick you there. Um, when you go to college, go have fun. Mm. Part of of being in college is doing dumb things. Okay, so you 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 feel like you took life too seriously at, at times. Yeah. At times, okay. At times, okay. You know, and again, it's it. You needed the new car. You needed the fancy house. You're trying to check all these boxes. Well, I have to do it faster than you know my parents did, and you know my brother and that's. Just, and then you go, well, that was dumb. Mm-hmm. You know, okay, I did all that. So what? Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter. That 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 makes sense, and then you start maybe looking at what truly matters. So, and that's why you you emphasize to to just enjoy it and not take everything so yeah. so so serious. There's a time and a place. Mm. Learn the balance. Mm. I like that. I I really do. So and don't tell me about it. Jesus, don't tell me about it. <laughs> hey, Dad, the other night was no. You're over eighteen now, so you're an adult. <laughs> uh, how many how many more books do you do you want to write, or do mm-hmm. you? You don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just depends. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't make Anne Rice money off of these, so I mean, not really being commissioned to write them. I I write them because they're fun and they do add some credibility. You know, when you're up speaking or whatever, that you know, yeah, grab a book in the back. And, um, you know, and again, they're. I find them a little bit helpful. Yeah, for sure. Um, I I have no doubt about it. Especially when you talk about goals, I feel like we more more of us uh, need to have better or or defined goals. Yeah, at least that's why it's an easy book. I mean, that's why it's like this that. thick. Don't overthink it. I like that. Just I like put that. a pin on the wall and go do it. So you mentioned uh, like the the speeches and this uh, 
when when you talk and I know you do a lot of uh community work with in in your city where you live mm-hmm. in Capel. So um sometimes you volunteer, other times you've been voluntold. <laughs> so what do you, what do you do what do you do exactly um when it, it it's a uh Capel chapter uh chamber chamber of commerce. Yes. Yes. Okay, Most so Most cities have them. Yes. And they're they're fun. But you got to find the right one. This is the one that fits for me. Mm-hmm. Um, tried a couple different ones out. This is the one that worked, and it's. What do you like best about it, or why did it work with it's you? It's the people. Okay. Um, and it just keeps going back to that mm. uh, common theme, um, and, and it isn't necessarily the chamber staff, which that's important, but it's also the other business owners and and other volunteers, you know, that are part of it, um, that. They care, and not just about the community, but about you. They want to get to know you and what you need and how they can help. Not just, oh, well, you know, Myra sells houses, so, you know, well, I'm not buying a house, so I don't really need Myra. Well, I don't know who Myra knows. You know, if I can get Myra to also then be my marketing team, you know, when you're off meeting with folks or whatever, and you'll hear different keywords, and you go, oh, I got somebody for that. You know, well, now I just made it easy for that person. I just reduced their demand. I can actually connect you up with somebody. And at the same time, I'm helping folks over on this side. Yeah, I'm sending you a hot lead. Here, help them. I'm more apt to do a good job because, well, I don't want to make Andy upset, so I'm going to take extra special care. Either way, that, that customer gets taken care of. Yes. Yes. I I like that. So what 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 role do you do you have? with them like what do you I know you know sometimes you volunteer sometimes you give voluntold so like what what do you do what are some of the what do you bring to the table I mean I'm sure a lot I but mean pure what... awesomeness <laughs> but uh no really um so I sit on the board and I've got the investor relation vertical um so I sit on the executive board to make sure that we're bringing in the right members and we're keeping the ones that we have and making sure that you know all that's working. Now there's many fingers that go out of that so that uh if we hear that something is needed in the business community uh or something is needed in the uh nonprofit space, we'll bring that back to the board and go, "Hey, we're hearing this over and over again. How can we do that?" And that may f- stay with my vertical or maybe it goes over to one of the others. I mean, that that's the concept behind okay. it. Um, that's a big fancy way of saying we send a lot of text messages to go, hey, have you thought about, yeah, well, we have a, okay, cool. Um, so that's one aspect. The other is the networking group on Wednesdays that I help support. Um, Layla Moore is actually the one who, she is so darn funny. Um, if you have to think about folks, are they in the right job? Layla's in the right job. Um, she's the director of investor relations, um, and really just, she's a lot of fun. Mm. So this networking group really designed just to bring small businesses together and just have an hour where we can, you know, learn about each other. We'll do some networking. Um, and then we'll lead a conversation. Um, when it's my turn, I tend to find that I turn them into many coaching sessions and, the best part is nobody knows that that's really what it is. Um, we'll we'll just pick a topic and we'll work through stuff, which is exactly what we do in a coaching. We'll pick cash flow. I'm picking on cash flow. Everybody likes to talk about how they have no cash flow. Okay, well, what are the elements that go into it? Well, you got this and this and this and this, and none of those are negotiable. Okay, well, Captain Grumpy Pants, I can't help you. 
so, but again, you just get folks to start thinking about it a little bit different. And then you start bouncing ideas around. And that's really all we're doing is guiding a conversation. Um, and then I've just learned that I'm on the Taste of Capel committee, which didn't know. <laughs> got that email when I got back from Florida, and you go, all right, no idea what that is. I was like, oh, yeah, you helped out last year. I'm like, I sat at the counter and ran the credit card machine. That does not qualify. <laughs> but, again, I mean, the, the person who's chairing the committee, Ramesh is a great guy. I mean, I'll help him, whatever. You know, it's, it's it'll be out, you know, drumming up support and getting local restaurants to want to come out and, you know, bring their favorite dish, and we'll all vote on it to see if it's really good. And I mean, it, it, it's it's a way to raise money for the chamber so we can continue to do programs, but it's also kind of fun. Yeah, I, I I like that. That sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> it sounds like right up your alley, too. Well, the first part, um, all of it, really, um, you know, it sounds like they have they have a great leader there. And I, I, I say that just on my own personal experience. I really do see you as a great leader. Uh, you inspired me You're so much. You're way too generous with all that. <laughs> I mean, it's just a question of you got to find out what, Makes your folks tick. Mm. That's it. And then you just surround yourself with good people. Mm-hmm. I mean, if we think back to, you know, when we were working together over at the alarm company, take two steps back from it and then look down upon that interaction. It was everything that wasn't the main group, but it was absolutely critical to everything around it. Well, we just moved a couple pieces around and then the cog started to work. That wasn't hard. It, it, it wasn't. I just made sure that I had the right people in the right role, and they were happy doing what they were doing. Mm. I mean, that's when when you and uh, Jessica would, well, I don't know how to call somebody, but cool, you know your way down to the first floor, right? Yeah, yeah, you know, that's interesting because e- even though you weren't, that's one of the w- most, like, astonishing things, I would say. It's you. you were never really, like, in the weeds, but you always had the right answers. And uh, and now looking back now, Just making it up. Looking back now, it was um, y- you. You knew where where we would find the those answers. You knew how to direct us. You knew you understood what we needed help with, and you knew how we would like. You just had the right answers. Um, well, it, I looked at it two ways. Um, one. I could have brought those people to us and they could have done formal training and then everybody would have been bored and then whatever. You would have been learning at the rate that you needed to learn it, mm. which was yesterday because we got the edict that we had to go do it. Cool. It's faster for you to go down there and do yeah. that. Now, sometimes that doesn't always make sense. But secondly, if I'm always the one trying to solve it, well, then yeah. how do you continue to cr- progress in your oh career? Oh, my gosh, yes. I mean, you can't. Right. So... Again, it's just making sure that your folks are empowered to go do what they know the right thing to do is. And if they've hit that wall and just, I don't know how to go do that. You guys knew how to go do that. Mm-hmm. And I, I can't speak for what had happened prior to that, why that wasn't okay. I don't care. But, yeah, guys, I trust you. Go, go, go learn yeah. that. You, you know the questions that customers are going to ask. Don't let me hold you back. Yeah. And then you guys really started to build on that, and you literally became the experts in all of these devices. Yeah. And when the customer would have a problem, you're like, 
No problem, Grandma. We know how to do that. Hang on two seconds. You have a paper clip. I'll show you how to do it. Yeah. And you then were able to instill that confidence with the customer that, I got you. Don't worry. Don't worry. I got you. I am not being held to this. I don't have 60 seconds or I'm going to get yelled at. Right. No. Go do the right thing. Yeah. Yeah. I I agree because I, I feel like that was such a huge um, area in my life where like I did grow quite like I just thinking at the time, I, I don't think I understood that. Yeah. Uh, but looking back now, when I, when I think of, of all these different things that I started seeing important, like, oh, well, that matters. Like making sure that we provide a good experience. I, I think you were one of the ones that mentioned, I say this all the time, but I think you're the one that 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 taught us or taught me this was um people may not always remember what you say but they'll always remember how you made them feel mm-hmm. literally I mean, many it's it's I've mentioned already a few things that 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 you've said that have impacted me till today and well oh, yeah. you know what i mean get a stone tablet and chisel that one down that's an important one yes um, but it also required you know so let's walk this one you know dollar wise because that was expensive for us to have you guys down there and you're learning all this stuff. You know, why just didn't we pull one of the technical people up and put them on the team? Okay, but they're great talking with other technicians, but they can they're not trained to talk to a customer. Could I have trained them? Maybe. But that's not what they were good at. So why would I force that? Mm-hmm. But I had to convince the C suite, the executives, that, okay, guys, I understand that this is taking a long time. What's the cost of getting this wrong? could have someone die. That's terrible. Mm-hmm. Not only that, but they're probably going to sue us. That has a dollar value. What, now we're into probabilities. Well, fortunately, we didn't have to go down this big, long path of, well, let them sue me. We could have, right. but the decision was made, no, you're right. That's the right thing to do. We just need to make sure that we're able to convey that. Mm-hmm. I, I know. Why do we have to document in such a way? Well, because we're justifying that this is actually worthwhile because if it ever does come back, it is up to the customer to take the action. I've called you. I've told you how to do this. If you still didn't do it, technically I have resolved my – I've lowered my probability of right. a lawsuit. But you guys had to be shown how to do that and then given the, the bandwidth to go do it. Right. Don't let right. me stand in your way. <laughs> So that's uh, that's that's impressive. And looking at it from like your side, it's it's in in that kind of you know kind of comes into a complete circle with what you do now. That or or what we did was such a, I mean, looking at the big scope, that was such a little thing, one small thing of many moving parts. That one situation that affected that what we were doing, um, you know, what we did really defined you know, um, or not didn't define, but it really lowered, minimized a gap, mm-hmm. like the getting sued part where you, it's like, it's like getting insurance is, you, you know, you don't want to need it and not have it. You know, you want to have it and not need it. It's like you want to cover. Um, At the end of the day, we don't want anybody to get hurt. We never did. Right. But things happen. happen. Right. And if, if we do see something, we do owe it to a customer to take an action on Yeah. It. Even if it's written into the contract and do you really want to get lawyers involved when grandma's dead? Right. It, <laughs> yes. If I could prevent that from uh-huh. happening, well, then 
why wouldn't I spend a couple dollars on a phone call? Right. I, that makes sense to me. And and it and again, it's one of those those things to look for and uh or or you know, it's it's like the vision and um and and understanding like where you put values or or the right thing versus you know the cost mm-hmm. um and and yeah yeah that's uh that's really impressive because it's essentially it just kind of translates to what you do now you look at every little different angle when sometimes the owner they're so involved in their everyday you know thing business and they've doing it they've been doing it the same for years that maybe they've just kind of forgotten to check some things or update things change right yeah. like you mentioned um, even setting like the corporate goals in, in August and here comes January and now you have a different market. It's like things change. So it is it is it is key to have a good like team on your side. And um I think you provide a whole lot of value. Even reading about you, I'm like, wow, like this is so true and there's so much value here. Um So that- what I'm hearing is I need to raise prices. Yeah. Okay. Good talk. You, you that's coming. I'm sure. <laughs> um, definite, definitely. I'm definitely sure about that. Um, so what what are some of the people you like working best with when you're with your clients? Like some of the even either lines, the lines of work, or uh, what do you enjoy working with the most? Yeah, I I like working with folks that they've got a small team. Um, if you've got five thousand employees, yeah, we can. Um, that's just a bit outside of my scale because it's going to take too long. Mm. Um, you know, at that point, just hire me. I mean, just put me on staff and give me the keys and come back in a few months and we'll talk. Um, Mm. but small businesses usually can't afford to put a full-time person on to do that stuff. Mm. You hire a coach. I mean, I'm going to be able to come in and it's at a reasonable price. I keep joking about price, but it's very reasonable. Um, at least to me. Um, but We'll put a plan together, and we'll work on a couple different things. Um, it, it, you cannot change all four tires on a race car in the middle of the race. You can't do it. But maybe we can tweak one or two things over the next several weeks. And that's all, you know, again, it goes back to the progress on it. It doesn't matter how you got in the corner. It doesn't matter. It's a series of yes-no decisions that got us here. Right, wrong, it, it doesn't matter. What are you going to do about it? You know, are, are you just going to sit over there and boo-hoo it? And it's like, oh, woe is me. And does it, or are you going to try and change it? Because if you're going to try and change it, I can help. If you just look for somebody to validate the mistakes that were made, mm-hmm. sorry. Right. I mean, I'll give you a hug, but <laughs> I can't. I, I'm not here to do that. Mm-hmm. And and that's what a great coach should be like, you know, um, to help not to not to, to help stay in line with the goals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We're here to push him. We're here to hold you accountable. We're here to run the practices is a safer place in that we're going to try things. Mm. Maybe it works. Maybe it doesn't work. I don't have all the answers. That's why we build them up together. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, that, that, of course, you know, that, that makes, that makes so much sense. And I love the approach uh, I, I, I love it because it's, it's everybody's life is different. Everybody's business is different. Everybody's way to maybe their goals for their business is different. Yeah. So I, I, I love how you kind of come in and you just set a goal, set, set, set steps and try different things, 
try different things because, I mean, if, if some, I, I guess for me, if somebody would say, hey, do this and you'll 100% succeed, that's more like a red flag. Like yeah. what, like, what do you know what's going to make me succeed? Like, you know, you're just, you just want my money. You're just bluffing versus yeah. somebody that's like, all right, well, let's, we'll look at it together. I'll meet you where you're at and, uh, you know, we'll go from there. We'll try different things. Like, um, I, I, I truly, truly believe in that. And I, and I like all the value, in my opinion, all the value is there. Yeah. A hundred percent. I got that question about how long is this going to take? Mm. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, because it's not all up to me. Right. I mean, I'm going to help work through the plan. I'm not going to build a plan for you. If I'm going to build a plan for you, I'm going to value your business, buy it, and then fire you. No, well, I mean, right. I don't need you anymore because it's, right. it's no longer your company. It's now mine. And mm. I'm going to run it the way I want it. And if I was smart, I'd also hire another coach because I'm not the smartest person in the world. Second, but anyway, not important. Um, but along those lines, I don't necessarily have every single answer. Mm -hmm. If your marketing is not working, I don't know why. Now we're going to go pull in some people. And we're going to look at some metrics. We're going to figure it out. Mm -hmm. But I can't just, well, pull that lever, that one, that one. Then you're going to have to put another 5000 at it. Yeah. I don't know. Right, right. And we might try some things and it doesn't work. If we're looking at how our team is not communicating, we can go through some modules on communication. If folks don't want to play along, I can't make them. Mm. I mean, that's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. Now, we may have to make some difficult decisions in life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. You may have to ask that. Is this the career path you want to be on? Right. Because we are making an organizational change. If you don't want to come along... And and that's where those uh, tough conversations mm -hmm. um, need to happen that maybe a lot of us don't know how to have those conversations. Or don't want to. Or don't want to. Well, I can sit at the same table. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it is just a confidence boost. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. There's a uh, very, very interesting. So where... You do, and I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. You also get to celebrate the wins. Mm. You know, there's... I have a great customer in Arizona, and yes, I'm going to say it. Um, when we first started coming together, there was a whole bunch of woe is me, woe is me. I don't see how this is ever going to work. And literally as late as yesterday, to see a text message of a screenshot of her, her current month-to-date sales and what she thought was going to be a really slow month, you know, here in May, she's up 17% over prior year. And you're going, or I'm sorry, over prior month. So you're sitting there going, You've got a good customer base. Let's continue to grow this. Mm -hmm. You know, and in the back of my head, I'm going, well, it's only 17%. I mean, you're the only wise in a 34. Yeah, but <laughs> sometimes you let some folks have some win. <laughs> uh, but it's been so reassuring, and it's been a lot of fun to kind of watch her grow and get out of that, woe is me, everything's against me, I don't have any support. You know how to do this. Mm. You can do this. And, and Aside, she also had some personal things going on, uh, you know, some challenges there too. So, I mean, lots of headwinds. Um, and as she's coming, it's nice to have somebody in your corner mm. and just go, you know what? That sucked. <laughs> yeah. Right. What are we going to do? What so, are we going to do? That's fun. You know, when you see your customer that you started working with and now they're staring at a million dollars in revenue this year 
And you're going, yeah, you could do it. I knew you could do it. You just didn't know how. Wow. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's where it makes it all kind of, where that's where the fun is in, yeah. in the, 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 the satisfaction, the gratitude. Best response I've had when I've done a proposal with a customer and they're kind of pushing back. Well, if you know how to do all this stuff, how can we not do it? And I'm like, because I don't want to be a plumber. But the concepts on how to do it, it's very similar. Mm. It's it's being a plumber versus running, you know, Amazon. The concepts are very similar. It's the level of complexity, the the tasks, the how you have to supply that you know customer demand. That's the only thing that's different, but you're going to have to have goals. You're going to have to have metrics. You're going to have to hold yourself to it. All of that stuff is still there. Mm. Um, so, you know, you, you do a lot for the city, for, you know, coaching, um, for your family. What, how, what do you like to do for, like, for Andy time? Like, for you to decompress and maybe catch up on your thoughts? Do you do any sort of meditation? Do you, like, what do you? What's, what do you like to do? I'm so glad they've repealed prohibition in this country. <laughs> no, honestly, uh, the little dog and I, um, while my youngest is a soccer practice, if, uh, if coach doesn't need any help, then we will go for walks. We'll walk three and a half, four miles mm -hmm. a couple times a week, and you get a lot of thinking done. Um, it just You'll just pick a, pick a topic, and then a mile and a half later you go, what was I talking about? <laughs> and you realize that mm. all you did is just cleared your mind. Mm. Only downside is it's now almost June, which means it's going to be hot. So, <laughs> yes. Do you still do your walks? Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, do, yeah. Okay. Uh, we've got a, a gallon jug that we freeze and we keep water in it for the dog. So she has a nice cool drink and I've got something on my back that's nice and cold. And <laughs> Very nice. Very, I, I, I love that. I know you've all you you've always had dogs since uh well since I since I've known you, um. So that's did you is that the only dog you have now? Yes. Yes. Okay. Because you you had you had other pets. Before. I'm actually a cat person. Oh, are you really? Yes. Why is everybody so surprised? Because you have a dog. Well, we don't have cats right now. Okay. So uh, when my wife and I first started dating, I had three cats. So I was the crazy cat guy, um, which explains so many things now that I've said it. <laughs> and now that I do have a son who is a mini-me. Uh-oh. Uh we're back. I'm sorry. Um, honestly, the, and, and my wife had a dog, you know, at the time. And, I mean, when the kids were younger now we have a dog and you know she and i get along great and i took her <laughs> on walks and okay that 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 works out where where do, what's what kind of goals do you have uh, uh for the next five years so it's five the to ten years five years yes i haven't even thought about five years really i'm surprised I mean, really it's just to get the boys to college um everything else all the 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 major projects all of that's in play you know, when it, when it comes to, you know, retirement and all that, so that's all already in play, mm. you know, which it does take some stress off to at least have a plan. Uh, you know, even if it's not fully funded or however you want to, oh, the economy didn't $6 eggs. Okay, yes, the, every day is going to have something that 
something's not going to go to plan. Something, right. Um, but that's okay. You still got to have a plan. Just stick to the plan. Mm. Um, flip side being, you know, again, I need to get the boys out of college and get them set up so that I can get them off of my payroll. <laughs> yes. But I don't want to say that the bar is that low, but there's a lot of tasks that have to happen. That, that well, you know, having, 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 like, I, I like actually how you said you, you already, it's, it's already something that's continuously that it's already set in play and just you're just kind of doing what you're doing every day based on those goals that are already set. Huh. Yeah, so I mean, it really makes last... life in a sense easier. A little bit. A little bit cleaner. 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 You know, if you sit there going, okay, well, what are the three things I have to do today to make sure that today was a successful day? I didn't die in a car wreck on the way over here, so go ahead and tick that box. <laughs> I mean, again, at what point do you just go, why is it three? Why is it five? Could mm. it just be one? Did you move one thing forward? Or maybe you just had a day where you just, I didn't do anything today. Mm. I needed a day. Mm-hmm. Okay. Fine. Everybody's got to recharge. Gosh, I, I, I like that. I mean, there's consequences. Well, I didn't get anything done. Ah, right. Yeah, but that's also the point. Today, I didn't get anything done. I, I just like how you just, uh, it's it's the bigger picture, it sounds like to me, and correct me if I'm wrong, but the, the big picture is already in play, and every day is just, it's another day that's already been, that you know, you know you're in path, you're on the path to wherever it is that, that you've already pre-made that goal. Yeah. That's, that's. I mean, it makes sense, really. It makes so much sense. Yeah, I mean, right now I just got to figure out, you know, world hunger, uh, world peace, and then <laughs> global warming, and then I'll be done. Okay, okay. Those uh, the you, you'll get there in no time, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Sure wow, that's uh, that's that's very honestly, that's very interesting. I didn't really expect to really. I like. I I thought you were much more complicated. And life's too complicated. You got to simplify it. Mm-hmm. Pick two things. Do them. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, where, where, where can like people find you? Like if, if there's, there's a lot of people now that have gotten into the entrepreneurial mindset and, you know, they want to do their own thing. Um, and, and so for people that have done already a lot of the legwork and now maybe they're stuck with, growing their business um like how can how can they get a hold of you get the website it's the easiest way i'm assuming that'll be on the podcast yeah um but that's the easiest way Easy. i mean let's have a coffee let's sit down i mean i don't have all the answers and much less we're not going to figure it out in one meeting right uh you know i always look at those coffee one-on-ones as it, it's it's almost a dance you're not going to tell me everything on day one. I'm not going to tell you everything. We have to begin to trust each other. Um, I have yet to have a customer in our very first one-on-one come out and go, everything is broken. Nobody does that. It's usually the very opposite. No, everything's great. Mm. Why am I here? You know, yeah. just Let's just cut the chase. Tell me why I'm here. What, what are you struggling with? So again, you kind of help walk customer through. You know? Mm. Uh, you know, what are some of your challenges? Are you hitting your targets? You know, where do you see your market growing or or shrinking? 
Um, and that's usually where you hear some common things. You know, well, I've got employee turnover. Or my margins aren't where I want them. My marketing isn't working. Okay. You know, which again, those are so high level. Nobody can offer you a solution for those mm-hmm. on day one. And at the end of the day, I'm, I'm not really in the solution business. Otherwise, I would walk in with a three-inch binder and go, here, go do that. Mm-hmm. It's not cookie cutter. So it takes a little bit of time and a little bit of back and forth. Um, I will say when customers look at proposals, there's usually nothing on that document that surprises, not even the price, because uh, we've already talked about it. Mm. Um, we've already walked all the way through it. Now it's just a question of, well, which one of these items are we going to start with? Mm. You know, everything's broken. Yeah, I know, I know. Which one do you think can make the biggest impact today? Mm-hmm. Wow. I like that. I like that. All right. So are you on social media much? Not today. No. But yes. Uh, <laughs> and again, I use it. It's necessary, but that's not like the channel. Right. Um, you know, I'll post some ideas and topics out on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and occasionally out on LinkedIn if I think it makes sense. Um, I've just got a personal thing with LinkedIn that I'm not trying to sell on LinkedIn. That doesn't, it just comes off putting to me. So I, mm-hmm. I just don't do it. Um, but really it's just informational. Okay. I mean, I've got two sessions coming up. If you're interested, I've got one on profitability, increasing profitability, and the other on sales. Um, so why would a finance guy care about sales? Cause it's important. Um, and it can really be boiled down to a couple things. Okay. Uh, just like most tasks. And, and are these uh, like webinars or what, what kind of? C, all of the above. Oh. Uh, so one of them um, is uh, in person, uh, which there'll be lunch. Uh, we'll actually be over at Life Safety Park in Capel uh, over at the train station because it's an awesome room. So shout out, Life Safety Park. Um, and the other will be on Zoom, uh, 8.30 in the morning next, but not this Wednesday, the one after. Okay. Do you have any speakers? I have two of them. They're both on my desk. <laughs> so, wait, no, it's it's in person, right? Two? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I can speak. Okay. Okay. I'm pretty good. Well, at I, it. I know. Yes. I've been doing it since I was two. <laughs> but anyways, yes, I'll I'll be the one leading the conversation, okay. and and I I do want to highlight though that these are not like outward mm. conversations. It's it's more a topic based thing. We're okay. going to talk about. Okay. Yeah. And away we go. That makes sense. Even on profitability. I mean, the formula is very simple. I mean, you have revenue, you have cost, and then there's a number. Is a number negative or positive? Okay. That's the formula. Well, which lever do you pull? That's mm. where you start the conversation. I see. I see. Okay. So now I can cancel the session because I just disclosed everything. <laughs> there you go. Uh, all you got to do is just listen to this podcast. I agree. And I'll teach you everything you need to know. <laughs> All right. So, uh, okay. So I have one last question I like to ask all of my guests, and that is, what is like your personal definition of happiness? It's it's different for everyone. So what's yours? Quiet. <laughs> is, is really, is that your happy place? Honestly, I'm okay with quiet. Mm. Um, and it's not that I'm not a people person. Um, it There's something in the peacefulness of quiet. Mm. And um, 
which is odd considering what I listen to. I anyway. And and when 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 you say quiet, I'm gonna uh, take it a step further. Is that do you like to be quiet out in nature or more in a enclosed space? What's your preference? So if you think about those shows where it's like I'm the last person on earth, that. <laughs> no, I mean sometimes you just need some space, and whether mm-hmm. it's out, you know, I I enjoy the mountains. I like that. That's mm-hmm. perfectly fine. Um, even if it's cold, that's fine. Um, I'm okay there. Mm. There's fewer distractions, you know, just left alone and you think and think and think, and then you go, oh, that's how I can do that. Mm. And you just go on to the next topic. Oh, interesting. Um, but, you know, don't get me wrong. I don't mind being around my family. I kind of enjoy them. Okay, well that's good. that's good. Good news for them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They made the cut. <laughs> they made the cut. Uh, okay. So yeah, I mean that's happiness. You're right. It, it's it's a funny question because mm-hmm. you know, there's also those moments when you, you solve a problem. It's like that was good. Mm-hmm. That was good. Mm-hmm. I like that. All right. Well, Andy, thank you again for you know just being here and and sharing your story with us. Um, I, I find it really inspiring. Like I said, it was, this was, um, somewhat of a challenge for me because, uh, because you make me a little bit nervous, um, in a good way, like in, in a good way where like, um, I just never know what's going to come out of your mind. And I think like, I I think of you as two of us. And so I, I think of you always like as uh like when I think of for me but you know speaking of personal experiences right like uh y- you are s- someone that I would I would like to save and like learn from it and like I don't know it's something about you that it's 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 like you're different and and be very careful with your next sentence. And you are, I would say you're like inspiring because, because it's, you just don't find many people that are smart and compassionate. I think you have those and it's a funny mixture because you don't find that a lot. So I appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you. And thank you for being here again. And it was a pleasure talking to you. Awesome. All right. Till next time.